Ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Houston, we have a problem. We What you're seeing here is a mirage. What's going on, everyone? It's Jaren from Jaronism, back with another live video for you today. Show number one, we think, of a new show, possibly. We'll see how it goes. It is Jaronism Friday Lounge number one, Reality Check. So welcome to the show. We have no direction. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're talking about. So how about that for uh, a good show for you? No, we're just going to have a little fun. I'm joined by three people right now. could be more as the afternoon progresses, but... We've got uh, Bob from Glowbusters and a Dude 60. Bob, what's up? Hey, not a whole lot. I mean, first of all, can you hear me? We can hear you great. Okay, good, because I wasn't sure. I'm using a different headset, and I wasn't sure if I had the mute on. But uh, everything is going good. Um, uh, beautiful day in Colorado today. I just got off the, the uh, Skype call with a, a good friend of mine uh, who is my top-secret uh, uh, PhD electrical engineer friend. Um, and wow. What, a, what an amazing conversation we just had. Uh, and, of course, I'll be talking about some of that on uh, Sunday. But uh, love, awesome. I just love the fact that there's so many amazing academics that are waking up to this and are willing to share their incredible uh, knowledge. You know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's taking a little bit of time, but I think it's coming along for sure. And uh, speaking of people with great knowledge, we've got uh, Rodrigo Ferrari Nunes, the Ph.D. anthropologist. Rodrigo, how are you? Hello, Jaren. Thank you so much, man. Uh, it's just it's an honor for me to be here and talking to you and Bob. And as you know, um, I have been watching Globusters was the kind of material that I gravitated towards as this thing was uh, kicking uh, <laughs> everything up, we may say. And Edo, I think, excuse shares... Me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Gravitated. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's thing. right. Well, but you can talk about it as in as in, in the orbits. That's nothing. We don't use that <laughs> word anymore, okay? It's like a curse. Yeah, so yeah. Some of us do. Some of us Bob, do. Yeah. Yeah, Bob still uses that. As a metaphor, um, well, I mean, you have to, for instance, the circuits that we observe with uh, magnetic, electromagnetic, um, uh, you know, when you throw, you you show this, you know, maybe something you want to show, it, it's really nice when it, uh, it's kind of like a magnetic thing, a round thing, and then they throw little balls and they start orbiting uh, and they stay there, like you say, uh, all these phenomena can be be sort of explained through electromagnetic fields and uh, what we can test with them. Yes. Oh yeah, Bob shows that all the time. And mm -hmm. we also have Iru Landucci, the great, the powerful, Hello, the wonderful. Everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Hello the everyone and thanks to having me on. It's a pleasure. Uh, you know, it's a nice time for me because it's just four uh, in the afternoon and I am more, you know, uh, wake up uh, because it's not Sunday, it's just Friday. So thank you for inviting me and hello everyone in the chat. Uh, I hope it's, it's going to be a great show because we don't have any, you know, path to follow. So that for me are the are one of the best, uh, you know, improv, uh, improvis, uh, how is the word to, to use in English? Improvisation. Improvise, improvisation, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, that brings, uh, you know, a fresh air mm -hmm. to this uh, hangout. So thank you. Well, but we have things that are happening, right, Bob? You, you just had a conversation just fresh out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, 
this gentleman has been a follower of Bloodbusters for the last four years, and like I said, he's got he's got multiple uh, engineering degrees. He's got a PhD in electrical engineering, and he's just absolutely amazing. Um, he is not in this country; he's in a different country, but. Uh, uh, yeah, he has shared so much incredible information with me and, you know, has really kind of given me an insight and allowed me to understand a little bit more where academia is coming from and some of their wild and crazy claims, even though he is definitely on board uh, that a lot of the stuff they, they say is, is nonsense. But he also is the type of person that has such an amazing um, open mind um, and he is really an outside the box thinker. So he and I it just hit it off great. I, I love I, I love the guy. <laughs> yeah, this is this is something for me that I knew was going to start happening, where other academics start looking at this stuff honestly, and they would be you know, realizing there's a lot more going on. Which is later when Edu gets the download, you're going to see this happening in Brazil as well. Uh, as it happens, one of the largest channels there has over three hundred thousand subscribers. Only started yeah. a year ago. Yeah, um, that guy. I, I followed that guy a few, you know, uh, a few months ago. But no, not few months. Like in the last year, I'm. I'm he was a professional uh, and academic, and you know, you, you need that first punch in the head to wake up. And <laughs> once, uh, you know, once you that that happened, <laughs> it's difficult to turn him back. You know, <laughs> of course, you, you, yeah, it's difficult. You need to, for example, it's not just. Uh, you know, um, academic guy, but uh, like mm -hmm. Jeran uh, showed before uh, yesterday, uh, for example, the pilot, uh, he was also yeah. a guy that followed my channel since like four years ago, but he need to take courage and, and, and don't feel alone to, you know, just to contact us and, and you know, and, and, and even with that kind of confidence, he, he cannot pronounce even his name or showing of or showing his face because you're gonna uh, he's gonna have you know uh, bad times in in his profession. So, but internally, for example, that I I I, I get you know like three four times a week we talk uh, via via WhatsApp and he has like uh, his own group of uh, other pilots. Mm -hmm. So of course it's not alone, but I am talking about like 10, 12 pilots in the WhatsApp group. Once, you know, maybe um, someone shared this vision about the flat earth, or, or others is just trying to understand what what involves to be a flat earther. Uh -huh. But for example, we got discuss the... And this, the is, this is a video from their cockpit, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that is an original video. Uh, from, <laughs> and, and he sent me another one. But I am not, um, you know, showing because for for me just that one is is, is enough. But the guy, for example, the uh, two days ago, I I share via WhatsApp the Sheran um, video from Max Egan, uh, you know, showing the 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 compass, uh, you know, when he flew to Australia because I I trying to discuss with him this, you know, this. Uh, classical uh, flight that Chile from to Australia, you know, and trying to understand what's going on. Uh, of course, he, he doesn't fly that kind of, uh, of plane. So he trying to contact some friends that maybe has some kind of uh, contact with pilots that are uh, flying those planes, uh, because it's not a lot of uh, 
companies that uh, do that kind of light. So, you know, it's, it's nice to, uh, to integrate professional people, uh, mm-hmm. academic people to the, yeah. um, to the group because yeah, this, you're going to have fresh information. Yeah, this is just one of the things that I wanted to say. There's, there's nothing really that distinguishes, you know, an academic. It's something really special. It's really uh, what happens is that for people who want to study a subject in, in a certain depth, there is kind of a way that the world, you know, presents. Uh, and really, you, you you to not be drawn into the sciences in a way that's uh, accepting of all their reductionist formulas and so on. It's quite difficult. But it does exist. Uh, people, some people are honest. They're being bamboozled like everybody else. But uh, it is important to to stress that. that and, and I know this from my my own research. It is re- something that I have focused on. How regular people, so-called regular people, have insights that are really profound and that represent th- represent theory. And it doesn't stop anybody from looking into many techniques. And some uh, in the place where I went, there are people. The, the most important sort of computer person there, it's some guy who taught, can you believe this? Like he taught the doctors how to cure his cancer. It's a, and from a, because he was glued to computers and trying to figure out what was going on. And then this guy <laughs> take care of all the computers in, in the region and he doesn't have a degree. Right? So uh, it's important, to, everyone has potential for, and the, the titles really don't matter, but sometimes, you know, as in the case of anthropology, I, I uh, you know, I, I think that because anthropology is so open to different ideas and questioning, especially questioning science, then it, it drew me straight into this uh, because I was looking at cosmology already. So, but it is because of a personal kind of thing, right? And so I'm saying it's good that academics are finally coming out, taking the courage to step out because what's happening is that they're losing so hard. And it's pathetic. It's like sometimes it, it makes me sometimes feel embarrassed of how they react and how they answer and how predictable they might be. It's kind of, you know, how for how long can you be kicking a dead dog is, is a question, you know, uh, it, and, and feeling good about it. You know, it's kind of, you feel a little bit, it's it's almost like it's getting to the point, it's so easy. Yeah, you know what's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 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 Rodrigo. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, it, it is amazing how many people throughout history um, have not had or been formally educated and have been some of the greatest inventors in the world. Uh, and that is just an undisputed fact for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing my, my, my friend was telling me about just before we hung up um, was that uh, he was talking to some of his students about, you know, some of the things that, that are going on, Elon Musk and 9-11. And he's like, I cannot believe how incredibly indoctrinated they are. And of course, by the time they get to him, you know, they're in college, right? They're studying for you know masters or phd or, or better but um he's just like I, I i i'm so bummed out about this because they are so unbelievably indoctrinated and it's it is because you know from cradle to grave you know we are taught in which ways to think exactly how to think what to think how to solve the problems in other words we are put inside a very small box and it really takes a lot to break free of that you know for the academics that are out there uh, but other than that, you know, you get so many people that are just, you know, quote unquote, garage tinkerers that that make unreal discoveries. Right. So. <laughs> right. It's, of course, people who are just curious and honestly looking into phenomena. Yeah. And, 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 and don't for, yeah. and don't forget, for example, the, you know, uh, talking about this kind of experience, uh, the, one of the last video of, of, Sean, of uh, 
digital and media that he, he talks about working in, in you know in special operations and he's not just a regular uh, civilian <laughs> right. engineering you know that's right totally yeah yeah people ignore that and he gets attacked like uh, like crazy and and there you see also somebody who who is a believer in some higher uh, power uh, as well and who is a scientist that on who has extreme experience measuring things and in the field and so and who's presented stuff like that to us and whose evidence is is undeniable it's, it's it gets worse actually it went the other way <laughs> don't you think that's what it comes down to though is really a battle between those who believe in the spirituality believe in a creator versus those that don't it seems to me that it's pretty cut and dry you know you've got one side the globe belief uh, mm -hmm. which is we're all worthless, we're all just specks of dust, and, and you know, science knows all, and uh, there is no creator, there's no reason for one, there's no need for mm -hmm. one. And then on the other bill, you've got um, you know, the people who understand that. And you can go through all of them, right? Malcolm Bodum. Um, all these guys are, you know, none of them are uh, atheistic or you know, in that realm. You, you've got uh, Robert Sungenis, right? So all these guys that do the research, um, at least into the earth not being what we're told, it's clearly a two-sided affair to me. Right. Well, you also have to think about the people that, obviously, Flat Earth has got a lot of very religious people in the community. Um, and for those people that, that aren't Flat Earthers, obviously, there's still a whole lot of religious people out there. And, you know, you have to wonder, what yeah. are they thinking when they're reading the Bible, which is clearly a Flat Earth book cover to cover? I mean, that's got to be causing some really... Uh, well, major internal dialogue. Um, uh, it really makes sense. Well, what I what I know from this from Brazil, it's it's actually going on and has been going on for a long, long time. Is that spirituality and the ball itself have merged, so that people who think of themselves as deeply spiritual sometimes, you know, might not. I don't know. Who are looking for spirituality? But there's a lot of it. They have incorporated the whole UFO discourse. They have these. Uh, galactic federation people uh, and they communicate with beings in what they believe are other planets in, in, in places and so on um, so that that is there was, there's a whole package for bringing the ball to some sort of spirituality which you see through David Wilcock that Wilcock that you know very well uh, Bob yeah definitely uh, and that's you know so you have people coming at it from all different directions and there's still so many conflicts, um, you know, to be had. And I think that once you really start seeing the, the truth and the reality uh, that, you know, this is a constructed place, there is a creator, uh, at least some of those mysteries are solved. You know? Yeah, and, and one of, but one of, what Jaron's saying is that one of the packages in the other extreme is exactly that atheist, materialist, transhumanist package, which is the big problem and the big difference also between a PhD in the sciences and a PhD in a field like social and cultural anthropology, which is more holistic, it looks at many different theories, many different cultures, languages, and so on. They never get this, they never get the history, they never get any, any different language at all, any appreciation of different uh, peoples. As you see in many interviews, they completely reject, Iru has come into this, where they just say a science goes forward and everyone else is stupid and so on. And that is caused by the reductionism which is part of this transhumanist um, trick, their magic trick, their wizardry. This goes back all the way to Darwin, who's one of the masters of reductionism, who could 
literally put men's beards in his freaking natural selection BS. Like he could <laughs> yeah, say, but, but nobody, but nobody, so, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, he could say essentially that you have a beard, you know, because women love beards and you pass that along. And that it's because of how you get genes to, to pass along, essentially. And later you get these uh, trans uh, Richard Dawkins, who we know is was involved with Epstein and so on. Yeah, go, yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to make my, my first share screen of the day. You need to prepare some kind of sound or, or animation, man. You, you must be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let Something me say like real that. quick I, uh, uh, thank you to the Super Chats. We had a huge one from Lumberjack, who I believe is the first person I ever saw in person wearing my Jaronism logo T-shirt. So have you had that yet happen to you, Iro? Has anyone been wearing a newer Paratotos T-shirt? I, I'm gonna bring a few uh, to. Oh, just because uh, you want to be like me, just because you want to give them away. <laughs> <laughs> no, to Dallas. I'm gonna okay. bring some T-shirts to Dallas, just to, you know, for right. for, so for yeah, give us a gift. You wouldn't believe yeah. how many people ask for Globebusters T-shirts. We should really Bob, make some. Bob, I get it. I get it asked all the time in Amsterdam. So many mm -hmm. people were upset I didn't bring any. And I'm like, we've the never. The guy we've made that hat for you, Jeremy, because he didn't have them. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if Bob saw that. Did, did you see Bob? I did a live <laughs> I, stream where he showed I did. That, that was yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Lumberjack. You're the best. And Earth is seriously flat. Uh, also says, Happy Friday, destroying the globe zombie animal mind. And in the future shows, what I'll do is I'll probably put together some sort of video montage or something to have in the background while we just chat. Uh, today, I'm just randomly finding videos that or in the past or something to show you. So, so you don't have to just stare at the thumbnail the whole time, but you might do that sometimes. But let's yeah, move Lumber, over Lumber to... Jack's awesome. He's been on one of the people that's always on my channel. He's got he's got a wrench there as well. Uh, it's awesome to, to see him here. And oh, yeah, so, he's great. Yeah, I, I know him. He went down to Salt and Sea, saw him there. So, yeah, good mm -hmm. guy. Uh, go ahead, Iru. I don't think you're sharing yet. I'm sharing, yeah, yeah. Let me Supposedly, I, I press the button, I have my oh, yeah, uh, I see yellow it. stroke right rectangle right. around my... You're yeah. right. I, I stand corrected. <laughs> okay. Remember, okay. remember, Jaren's running the controls this time. I yeah, know. that is yeah, a little... Some you know, start to worry me. Yeah, man. <laughs> but th thanks, thanks to the Ether, uh, we have you uh, on board, Bob. So. <laughs> He's here just in case I get into any big trouble, so... No. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. You, you, we, you know, we know how. Uh, uh, but no, what I'm trying to to share because in the last couple of months, I I have been so many research in terms of the uh, connection between the the the, the modern uh, you know Mason uh, Freemasonry and, and Jesuit order with uh, this super mega propaganda of the heliocentric model. And it's really sad because I don't have the time to translate or, or, or you know, put subtitles uh, in this kind of talk. But let me just uh, try to uh, illustrate what's going on here. We have here, of course, uh, as you can imagine, in Argentina, we have one of the biggest uh, lodges uh, talking in terms of Freemasonry. Uh, it, the name is the... Um, it's the Grand Lodge of Argentina. Uh, here was, you know, funded all our supposedly independence guy uh, who, you know, give us the freedom from Spain to England. But that part is not, <laughs> uh, you're not mm -hmm. going to find in the curricula education system. Uh, they just going to tell you, okay, this guy is your, uh, you know, libertarian, I don't know which is the name in English, but they never talk about the Freemasonry, of course, or the connection with the with England. 
So this kind of lodge, uh, you know, time to time, they open uh, their they, they doors to, you know, just regular public and give some talks and, and you know, trying to uh, mm -hmm. clarify the myth behind the Freemasonry. Yeah, they have like so, an open day kind of thing. Exactly. It's like an open day. Exactly. So in this talk, uh, and this is really great uh, for you because Rodrigo has this, uh, you know, he, he made this kind of bridge between languages in his channel. So this, this talk is not a long one because it's about 28 minutes long and it's really worth it to work on, uh, on it because this guy, uh, he's gonna, he's the, like the director, director of, uh, the culture, uh, the cultural part of, of this, uh, lodge. So he's going to give like an open talk about the Freemasonry, blah, 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 blah. But, but, but he reached uh, a part of the conversation here, the history of Galileo. And, and here is, you know, some, something very funny because the Freemasonry, they took uh, the, the architect of the heliocentric model, uh, which are priests, but supposedly the, main, the, the Freemasonry is against the churches, but they use the, the, the you know, the, the avatars of the church because mm -hmm. th these guys trying to defend the heliocentric model and one of the, the biggest, you know, novel of all is Galileo Galilei for the Freemasonry because supposedly Galileo Galilei was, you know, a, a guy who trying to combat the church, you know, mm -hmm. and that is all BS because even mm -hmm. the own church um, tell you that Galileo Galilei never was uh, accused, uh, you know, from, from being a, 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 a heretic. That is a complete uh, history. history. It right. is not real. It's not, yeah, it's not real. It's not real. And we have like uh, the, the guy, uh, you know, this, uh, the big son guy, you know, the, the brother, Guy Consolmagno, uh, <laughs> let me just, and I was, yeah, no, this guy is, is amazing. And I was uh, looking and analyzing like the last three days uh, obsessively his talks around the, the universities around the mm -hmm. world. And it's mm -hmm. amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> then we, we can, we, we can it's a total sci-fi. Is it, is, is it total sci-fi? Yes, it's a total sci-fi, okay? And and I talk one, about one thing I, just 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 make a point here where you where you're talking about, which is I think is very significant. Because you mentioned this is a boys' club, right? It's some kind of yes. ridiculous kind of thing. It's a boys' club. Of course. It's ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. Uh you and you follow a master, kinda of, it's like for people to subject themselves to, to get power. The whole thing's just so dumb. But then he uses it, obviously the same thing that NASA does is using this Jungian Freudian theory of uh, the subconscious archetypes and then the hero is the big archetype and so you have you know from Galileo to Einstein you see in Back to the Future 3 that the dogs are named Galileo and Copernicus and Einstein yes. dogs and Einstein yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course uh, and then uh, and then when he gets with the girl girlfriend he gets his girlfriend that he saves and she has a what does she have she has a telescope and they go and watch the stars, and because he comes from the future, he talks about what? Rocketry, of course. And 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 also Giulio Verne. Giulio Verne. <laughs> His inspiration yeah. is science fiction to become a scientist. <laughs> yes. In, in fact, in this uh, one of the uh, picture on the wall uh, in this in this lodge, 
uh, is this one. You know, energy, universal energy. And there you have the sun, at least with some uh, non-homogeneous uh, <laughs> uh, white color or yellow color. You have like this, you know, nucleus furnaces uh, energy drawing in on the sun because nobody sees this kind of thing in the sun. But if you are a mason, you have specialized. So uh, <laughs> universal energy, and there you have like uh, like a chain, you know, like a chain holding out the Earth. The symbol, Ooh, you know, yeah. the, the symbol of the orbital path, or the Earth around <laughs> the sun. And then you have this all kind of, this is a storm that you need to pass if you are not in, uh, 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 initiated because you are like a profan and you don't know uh, nothing about living oh this life. So you know what that, you know, this is just nuts because it just reminds me of what I've been thinking about with the ball all the time because, uh, you know, it's exactly like the prisoner's lead ball. And, uh, and this is what it, it really yes. is showing this. Yeah. And then you have the, one, the, 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 the ones who have been enlightened and, you know, uh, they have all the knowledge to live a good life. But what I'm trying to say is, this guy, it's still uh, a story, really, you know, really nice story because this is real life. And this guy trying to convince the normal people to join to the brotherhood. So he is talking about how the church is in opposed to science. But then he brings the Galileo figure as a hero. And when you go to the official records, Galileo Galilei was the first director of the first Occidental University in the world, which was the Pontifice, you know, Pontificial, I don't know how mm -hmm. to pronounce this in English, but it was the, the, first, the first academy, the first university in the world is the Pontificia Academia of Science from the Vatican. And Galileo Galilei... In the West, you mean, because the first is, is yeah, before... Yeah, yeah okay, uh, the, the Western. Western. And Galileo, it was, it, it, it has some, some, you know, so much privilege because he was like uh, one of the best friends of the Pope at that time that he, he was the, the director of this university. And, and his name, uh, name of his, Gali, Gali, what's this? Yeah, Galileo Galilei is like saying, is like saying the, 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 the Galop of the, you know, the Gashos, El Gasho de Gashos which is mean like the roaster of all the roasters uh, because he fight as like a roaster to the church, you know, all, all this metaphoric symbol, but uh, he has a really occultist uh, symbolic uh, behind the name. And I, I, I been research about that, but first of all, the Academy of Science uh, from the Vatican, it has 35 Nobel prizes. It's not a minor, thing. And when you, uh, and this is in Spanish too, and that is very, very sad for you guys that doesn't speak <laughs> Spanish and I don't speak well English, but this guy here is from Argentina and he right now is the, like, you know, one of the principal head behind this university because this university is still operated and it's the one, the only one in the world that has the obligation, and this is not my words, it's the word of this guy, mm -hmm. has the obligation to present conclusions. 
the other he said other universities can you know just bring papers or or, or you know tell stories or present uh, articles and blah 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 but the only academy that has the obligation to present conclusions and that that conclusions uh, determine the 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 operations that is going to take place in real world is our academy and all this talk that this guy gives uh, is about an, an hour uh, talk. It's about the climate change and how the body can mm -hmm. uh, produce right. the information with NASA for <laughs> the climate change. <laughs> but before talking that, he's going to present to the public this figure about Galileo Galilei, telling all the truth that the, the church never uh, never make a con condemnation. I don't know which is the, the name in English. Sorry if I invent, invent some terms. No, but good. they never condemn Galileo Galilei. He was the, one of the best friends from the Pope. It's just only one cardinal who uh, blame uh, Galileo, but nobody take into account. Was that, and of uh, course, was that Bellarmine? Yeah, Bellardino. Oh, not the, Car the Cardinal Bellardino. Okay. Which is the name? He talks about the connection between Galileo, the Vatican, and the Medici family, who found, you know, the, the Vatican. He talks about the, the Galileo Galilei being a Jesuit, and so on and so forth. So that is the real history behind the Galileo. But the Freemasonry. One, one thing I was I noticed, uh, Ido, is that like you're saying, like the rooster, Galo, the rooster. Exactly. Well, what does the rooster? What does it do? It announces the coming. Announces the coming of the sun. The morning. It announces yeah. the coming of the sun. Yeah, that's too, man. That's too. The nice point. And so heliocentrism. Completely. You know? <laughs> it's <laughs> the it's highest. Like, it's the one that's like you know, announcing yeah, for everybody yeah. this the sun is coming. So yeah, it's, it's weird in that way. No, in fact, in in some languages, for example, the word the word gal. It's mean demon. It's mean right. demon. Charles de Gaulle, the airport in France, for example, it, it's all the time they refer to the demon. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, you can see in a lot of ways. You have brands like Le Cop Portif. Uh, you have all this symbolic. I, I, I made in Spanish a complete guide about how you codify the names, not just from Galileo Galilei, but Remember, for example, uh, Copernicus. What's his real name? What's his real name? I didn't know. I I, I don't know. Nobody, which is the, no, they don't no, talk no, about. I don't know, but I don't want to, you know, uh, and, and sorry because I take some time to explain this. But what I'm trying to point out is the real history behind Galileo is that he's a Jesuit, and the Freemasonry, he took a Jesuit and put it in the highest throne, and. The, the history that this guy is going to tell to the public is really amazing, but because he's going to tell the public that the fathers of Galileo Galilei was a poor people working on the farm. And I don't know at that time, a people that working on the farm can send his son to, a to, 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 to study, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> but okay, we're going to trust in the history, uh, you know, by this Freemason give. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that he <laughs> said, okay, because Galileo was a, a guy who wants to improve himself through education and science, 
because his dad, his parents are poor people working on the farm. And Galileo said that if you bring the people the idea that you don't have any kind of, you know, highest divine energy to, you know, to, 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 uh, not to worship, but to respect, you can control the people because you're going to put in, in their minds that there is no reason to live. There is no reason to fear. There is no reason to, to be content, to be, you know, uh, um, to be observed. So you can, you, you can discontrol the society in that sense. And supposedly, uh, and maybe the translation uh, of the Google, uh, of the YouTube, the, the automatic, you know, uh, maybe it's good, maybe not. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But if you are reading and you follow the uh, what is the, the history that this guy is telling to the people, it's amazing because it's super powerful because it's, a, it's the, the, the story that we hear, you know, uh, once and, 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 and all the time about what is the main it's funny this the story the is a little the, the story is a little funny because i mean farmers that work the land you I mean they don't have food sort of odd i mean they are supposed to be the food providers right of the for the region especially in italy is really it's lush it's not like you know let's say being hitting being hit by some some um you know natural disaster or whatever which happened a lot by the way <laughs> before you know yeah. for 500 years at least we have records of this um, but you, you know, know, here here he said, the guy said that if you can convince people that you are not longer the center of the universe, mm -hmm. you can do when, with, with with them whatever you want. Right, because that's right. the starting point of that worldview. Right. And, and exactly, that's, and that's what they had to stick to uh, throughout that the entire time. Every scientist you see him come along, especially when we talk about Hubble. And the things that he saw, I mean, they were forming their observations as long as they uh, conformed to that worldview. That's he, all he, can, exactly. he invented, essentially, he invented the doctrine of blue and red shift. And no matter how much you observe it with the electricity and, uh, you know, sprites being red and the electric storms being blue and so on, they still push the doctrine of distances that he invented, and that—that's how they get actually get back to the freaking Big Bang and everything. Yeah, and right. in fact, the, here you have the the, and this is a good translation. If they, if, if you convince the people that you are a speck of dust in a spinning uh, sphere, and he, and nobody can hear you and nobody is watching you, so then uh, you are gonna have a, a coming revolution, right. complete revolution of the people. And that people is, feeling completely powerless, you say, and then them exactly. taking up. And it's weird because it's somehow they married that with some god, their god, the Vatican or something, their Roman Empire sort of idea. Exactly. And and let me just tell you something. The guy who determined it, because I was looking, like I tell you before, like in an obsessive way, this uh, guy, Consol Magno, because... We study the history and, and we all the time talking about Kepler, Galileo, Maximilian Hell, all the architects behind the heliocentric model. But, but uh, you know, Guy Consolmagno, he is like those in our time. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. is right. like a Copernicus. He is like a Maximilian Hell. He is one of those guys. So for me, it's really important to study the, 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 the you know, the, the parallelism be, between those. And this guy in this talk, like it's about 100 and a half, and this is in English, 
So here you can, uh, I, I can put audio. Yeah, I can put audio, but let me just keep forward just based on this red shift. Uh, because one of the guys uh, who invented, not the red shift itself, but the, um, the, the technique between the terminate, you know, like, um, uh, and, and this also talks about dinosaurs. Uh, let me just, sorry for my, um, I believe it's this one. So, yeah, it's this one. Uh, here you're gonna see, let me just, or no. Oh, damn. This reminds me of being sorry, in guys. school. I was taught by these Jesuits, you know. Mm. Yeah, but he talks oh, about how the was guy. It? Did, did they push space, Jaren? Like, do you remember that? Did they absolutely? Did they have an agenda to push it, kind of thing? Absolutely. Yeah, they want you in one worldview or the other. You know, they they want you in the in the space world or in the religious world. They pushed them both, and that's ultimately why I got disillusioned with uh, school was because I didn't understand. You know, growing up Catholic and and uh, having that understanding, and then getting into high school, and then them pushing heavily these sciences that didn't seem to match with what I was taught. And then you would ask questions and it would always come back to, um, you know, this is what we know now. And Catholics are different than Christians because Christians are definitely married to the Bible, whereas, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Catholics are married to the church fathers. So, so mm -hmm. they can change, you know, this is the, the glorious thing about Catholicism is that they can change along the way however they want, they can adjust things, exactly. whereas, you know, a Bible-believing <laughs> Christian can't do that. So, yeah. yeah they, they get away with defending their, their pedos, no problem, they get away with it, they right. just whisked away, they disappear, nobody talks about it. No, and I think that's why when we talk about them, if we go back to the days of Copernicus and, and you know, those eras, they, they didn't, I don't mm -hmm. think they were ever really threatened because uh, they're so powerful. You know, they, they own the world still to this day, so if they need to change their... Uh, beliefs to, to lean more towards a heliocentric system, they have no problem doing that as long as it benefits them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it's in this talk that he talks about how the Jesuit organized the calendar, something that everybody knows, but he also talks and, and talks a little bit about, of course, Galileo, uh, you know, all the all the, the Jesuit guys, but he also talks about, well, all, all these books, for example, all these books talks about that Galileo never been you know, condemned by the church. Uh, that That is all right. complete BS. So you have all these books that tell you supposedly the truth behind the Galileo history. That he was in jail, he was jailed, and everything. Yeah. He, was, he was sent to his but house on house arrest. <laughs> they make him a kind of Socrates or Jesus, right? right. He's like in prison for the truth. You know, and people, people still the use that kind of line. Took that, the Freemasonry took that, uh -huh. that idea to give power to the heliocentric model, because mm -hmm. the Freemasonry say, we came here to save you from the church. Mm -hmm. Right. It's and, the same with the Mormons. We the are Mormons the science. The, we the, say the, Galileo, you know. Yeah, you know, the Joseph Smith, the guy who's a founder of the Mormon church, that's the idea. That's essentially his story. He's, they were kicked out from place to place. Uh, he was uh, injustice, and eventually they killed him. And then they found the promised land in, uh, in Utah. Uh, and it's the same kind of story. But they don't tell you that he was like doing all that, had a pedophile or, or sort of uh, 
how do you call it, uh, multiple wives, and then he was doing that, uh, lying to some of them and taking them to join him and hoarding them, and then, that's why he was kicked out from place to place. <laughs> yeah. and this is fantastic, because he started his talk showing the ISS and the astronaut inside ISS. So it's just with showing all the NASA footage and the Pope talking with the astronauts. And... <laughs> no, no, it's, it's hilarious, man. You can oh. get loud. But a really big time. But I trying to show a part where he talks about the guy who was behind all the interpretation uh, that the light coming from the start are, you know, the spectrometry, you know, yeah. that was invented by a Jesuit. And, and it goes down to, they probably bring that back to Newton that got the prism working. Exactly, exactly. But it was invented by a Jesuit and all the spectrometry that we use via software. Mm. It came it. from these interpretations, mm -hmm. trying to justify the heliocentric at the distance, the distance to the stars and the redshift. Because mm -hmm. remember that the redshift uh, um, idea uh, is not came just from Eddie Hubble. It came from George Lamet, which right. was a Catholic priest that invented that idea of the Big Bang and the uh, cosmic background radiation. In fact, for example, all these images that you maybe believe or, or suppose that are coming from the Hubble. It's not coming from the Hubble. It's coming from the image from the Vatican Advanced Technology Telescope. <laughs> the bat. Images, so, of course, you know, for your imagination. Yeah, bat, Superman, you know, you have all the, 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 just, the, the League of the Justice. I don't know which is the, the name in English. But you, if you are really like the, the history behind all the, the heliocentric model, but with modern connections, you must be check out these uh, conversations, this talk, and how he trying to indoctrinate people around the world. Because this guy is jumping from university to university to take talks to even maybe right now is behind you. And the, and the Jesuits, what, during the 17th, 18th century were really the first scientists to enter into contract with like China and India. Um, yes. That was the first time that Western astronomy was even introduced Presented. in those countries, yeah. So mm -hmm. they made those observations in India and China and then uh, I think they even spent some time at the Imperial Observatory of Beijing. So and really it's them who has spread throughout 17th, 18th and 19th and 20th centuries. It's the Jesuits that have uh, pushed these ideologies around, yeah. Yeah. And isn't, isn't it amazing that that uh, the Catholic Church and the Jesuits started the educational system? Uh, mm -hmm. They are first in exploring space, right, and all of their Vatican observatories and all of this stuff. And people will kind of discredit flat earthers for even being associated with religion in the first place. And they don't even realize that, you know, it is the religious institutions that brought them their science. Right. It's just exactly. amazing. <laughs> exactly. Everywhere, and, even and, in and Africa, South America, right? I mean, that's and, where you... And you absolutely, the, in, in the history of anthropology, this is one of the things that most social and cultural anthropologists will come across is the residential school programs in Canada and the States and Australia that the colonialists brought in. And it was like how to become a good British subject. So you, you learn to clean and to do all the kinds of chores that they expect you to do and to, to take up the kind of trades they want you to take to give up on your language, on, on your religion, and, and push their own religion, and then also sexual and uh, abuse. 
uh, was part of it, and people still live with the consequences of this. And that com goes back; it's connected to the, the regular school system that that's so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They defend, I guess, somehow because everybody knows it's it's kind of falling apart. Yeah, the, the the you know the most amazing thing for me is that the guy that uh, who defended the heliocentric model against against the the church of the you know they they don't realize that they are defending the church <laughs> and the new the, the new paradigm that came yeah. from the church. Yeah, they don't even know. It's like the guy who went against uh, Shelley Lewis, right, and the other flat earthers. Uh, this Indian guy, right. he was attacking them. They didn't bring evidence. You need evidence, evidence, and it, they never showed what he actually did because they had a little biopic and they say, you know, I do this. Now at the end of the thing, he says, "Oh, I'm an astrophysicist. I study what came before the Big Bang." And <laughs> like, what? Are you talk about no, evidence, that's, man? That's, no, 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 man. That's, and religion, and he's <laughs> it's incredible. He's following a Jesuit. What it came. And you know, just let me. Uh, I, I have a little more time to share my screen, Jaron, or it's enough. Oh, we are on no time constraints, my friend. Whatever you want. <laughs> wow! Wow! Hey, wow. hey we, there, we... there, there is one I, thing I... that I'd really like to to hear if anybody actually has the explanation. But how is it that you know somebody like this guy, right, that we're looking at right now? How does he reconcile um, the Big Bang theory with Genesis? I mean, how how do they do that? Well, because well he's Catholic. I have, I have. You know, he's Catholic, I have so Jesuits the response of that. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 sorry, sorry. Uh, the, the one thing, one thing, Bob, even if they don't know how to do that, you know what they do? They put a bunch of money out there saying, do you want to explore cosmology? Do you want to get a master's or a PhD in cosmology? Explore this issue. There's money for you. And then somebody's just going to come up with some creative way of kind of plugging it uh, because there's money for it. You see, that's really how a lot of academia works. <laughs> that's how, how, you know, Richard Dawkins is so famous uh, and his books can be so poorly written and, and contradictory and, and laughable and like comic. But the guy's always out there. You see people laughing at him and he's like, gets so kind of nervous. But you read his books, it's terrible. And I, it, it was such a, for me, it was such a puzzle. And it is transhumanist money, essentially. It's just trash. It has this kind of rotten uh, academia in many ways. It needs to be completely reformed. I don't know how it's gonna be gonna have to, you know, some crumbles are gonna survive because most wow. of it's infected with this stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. all of it. Yeah. yeah, and and this is the the genesis from the heliocentric model. Uh, we talk about this in the last episode of Globuster. Uh, it all starts with the Pensions and Wilson super antenna to detecting the the bounce wave from the echo balloon, which is called echo balloon satellite, but it's just a balloon. So they they take this antenna. They don't know what to do with this because the Bell company just you know say okay it's enough about this project. So they start making astronomy, and someone from Princeton came and say it's not the 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 the, the heat of the pigon is the background radiation. But to confirm that because the the image that this antenna produce uh, just you know looking at, at the sky. It's in still, it's still you are inside the system, inside the Earth. It was a really poor uh, quality uh, data that you bring to, you know, the, 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 the science community. So they start to create all these nonsense satellites to confirm the uh, Big Bang genesis yeah. Uh, from George, how, how from can George Lamet. Confirm this? this is just so well, it's, yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of those, 
one of those just so stories that it just sounds so out of the blue. So the first guess somebody gave, like, yeah, we got the static. Oh, now, oh, oh it's a big bang. It's a, it's a big bang still hanging around here. Yeah, and you man. can get it on your TV set. It's so like, no doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt about it. No it's doubt about it. Amazing. So you have, for example, from NAS archives, you have uh, how, for example, the I'm not going to show the COV uh, satellite, the COV satellite, because I, I didn't find any decent CGI images. But we have decent CGI images from the WMAP satellite mm -hmm. to what produce this. What happened to it? It, it died? It died in space? What happened to it? I don't know, but this is no doubt that we live uh, inside the background <laughs> cosmic. This is it? Yeah, oh, no. and, and there you it. have the guys explaining, because he was the principal investigator behind the WMAP that determined this super higher resolution background cosmic radiation you know, from 14 billion years old. <laughs> and and this is all they, they get. That's this is it. all... You know, because I really like to surf. Okay, oh, this is data. It's data eater. You don't understand. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not. Yeah. No, no, that's for sure, man. I I didn't understand nothing. But here you have what the satellite produced to confirm the prediction via mathematics made by the Catholic guy called George Lamet and some other friends like Albert Einstein, Edin Hubble, and some Russians guy. Uh, but this is equipment that they use, and the only thing that they can show you is this. <laughs> nothing. It all came from NASA. You don't have uh, nothing that it came from other regular people or, or just normal institutions that come from Isn't this the basis of the whole axis of evil thing from the principle? Yes, yes, exactly. So that is how it works. There you have it. Is a rotating satellite because if it's not rotating, you cannot have this kind of data that came out from the satellite. So this was the first one, which was the original one that you can do from the ground. And this was what gave the, the Nobel Prize to uh, Pensons and Wilson in the, in the early 70s. And then came from James Peeble because he was the one who advised the guys the Pensions and Wilson guys too. Hey, that maybe is the background radiation that we will, right. uh, we we was looking looking for, you know, <laughs> a long time ago. And then you have the other one, which is the. Um, uh, uh, let me. Just... And it, it turns out it's just a photograph of the sky, kind of. A, I mean, it's just an image through some kind of filter off the cosmic radiation, yes. supposedly around it, was the stars themselves. Something like that, essentially. Something like that, and then and then came the Planck satellite in 2009 through 2013 that confirmed every step along the way. So that now, because the computer software grows and became more uh, believable, now the prediction is more believable, and the images are more are, are more good <laughs> because you have you know more technology to right. produce oh. convinced imagery. Yeah, if they, like that movie Prometheus, you know, the idiot alien that they have that just attacks and tries to kill them had some amazing yes. models of, uh, you know, they had a, if they start doing that, you know, they, they'll be, you know, they'll be on with the, with the video game players because that's the, their audience, essentially, video game people that love yeah. the, yeah, essentially, sci-fi. Essentially, sci-fi. And then, then you have the egg 
uh, kind of symbolism behind. But yeah, why the egg, this, right? Why they, do they why even the attempt to egg? They, they say that it comes in the form of an egg when we take the picture from the satellite or something. Do they say anything like? Why do they choose to project it like that? Yeah, I right? can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember sense. that. Mm, it's just no, so I can't weird. Remember. It's a, it's just it's just wizardry, I guess. Eh, something like that. But the thing is that even with all this nonsense, we still are in the middle of the universe, of the observable of, observable universe. Right. So that is. <laughs> so even you know making all this BS, they cannot you know take out from the center and that is a privileged position and that is not allowed to um you know to bring the the, the work absolute but, war exactly yeah. but you know uh, because bob asked uh from the genesis and this is like a genetic thing but this guy when he uh he trying to explain the genesis and uh, let me just uh i not I, I i don't want to uh but interpret it the guy Consolmagno. So the, the the talk starts with the Genesis. So let me just play a little bit and let me let me just if uh, if you hear what is uh, this guy saying. Is good audio? A little, quiet. Quiet. a little low. A little low, right? Yeah. Let me just uh, bring a little up because that is like some kind of uh, automatic thing. When I open the Skype, it's like take control about the sound of the computer. Right now, it's a little more still too low. Loud? I think to hear. Still, still too low. Okay. Uh, let me uh, let me just um, what a strange situation this. Um, uh, okay, I'm trying to put all in super high volume. <laughs> uh, can I hear him? We did get a couple super chats, so thank you very much to Dave Rakia Gafford. Thank you very much. She said, truth will set you free, Rakia Life. And Tona V said, thanks for all your hard work, man. Appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, I'm I going to open maybe, uh, if, I, if I play this uh, clip, the, the sounds is a little better. Uh, let me just check it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now I I going to uh, because I I save my files with original names so I can find it again in the web. So you need this to, you guy need is to amazing. Teach a class on organization. I would thank you. I would attend it. <laughs> uh, no, but it's it's the, the the sound is low here too, right? Yeah, it's really low. Must just yeah, be it's the video. really low. What a strange thing. Uh, it's maybe, yes, I remember that it was low. It was low. But let me just, and sorry for my improvisation here. I, I know there are many people that. Well, one uh, one thing that just, why you do this, one thing I, I can mention that I was looking at this, <laughs> this video, just, because I, you know, I started looking at their side of the story, and I found something called World War A. Just kind of an alien invasion kind of documentary, and it's in the astronomy and science kind of channels, you know, with millions of views. And what you see is that a bunch of these guys, Michu Kaku, uh, and yeah. some other people in the military, people, this guy with the name Nick Pope, 
like Pope name, uh, then probably linked to Jesuits as well, m making all sorts of claims, you know, a lot of putting a lot of fear, saying that the aliens are coming for sure. You know, there's also the climate change of Mars that they come up with, the whole, this whole story of Mars which used to be tropical and lush, and then it became, That's you know, a nightmare. It's like, it's, it's just so, uh, you know, the whole, you can pick it apart. And, yeah, and, completely. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, it's crazy how they mix these things together. It's a total. It's like it's almost like someone wrote a sci-fi script that they did not want to publish because it's so deri derivative. Uh, I mean, well, all the stuff that they put out is, is is derivative, but then they decide to twist it or turn it into a scripted, uh, so-called documentary. Yeah, but this is it's not uh, um, the art. Uh, it's not a coincidence to tell stories. This guy, this guy has a lecture, this one, and I really uh, recommend. This, this. It's called Science, Religion, and the Art of Storytelling with Brother Guy Consolmagno. This guy gives a complete, <laughs> no, no, that's for real, man. Yeah. Wow. This guy, this guy gives a complete lecture. How to wrote heliocentric stories. Tales, right? To, exactly. Tales. Wow. How to spin yeah. them. How to spin to put, them. Yeah, to put in the media. Wow. And that yeah. is. The formulas. Yeah, it, the formulas, exactly. How how you create heroes, how to you wrote about asteroids and meteors. And when you start to compare this kind <laughs> look of look at that look at the Academy of Catholic Thought and Imagination. Yes. <laughs> Academy. It's an, it's an Academy. But the, the but, but uh, look at the, the picture of, of that logo. It's like a tiny uh, no no it's an, it's a building. It's a building. It's, it seems like being a, like an old style robot. But when you start looking into this, um, you realize why we saw so many news and articles with nonsense about science. Because it's, it's like they are using this kind of techniques, yeah, you know, how, how to put in our imaginations uh, stories that fill the gap of the, mm -hmm. you know, emptiness of non-existence heliocentric model. Yeah, and then it's like a little story, usually reductionistic, and then they plug in some math, and that exactly. gen that generates their vision of nature, essentially. E yeah. Essentially, exactly. But the guy, I I, I get the the volume uh, equalized, uh, so let me know if you can hear what he's talking about. Though I'm not a cosmologist, Excellent. I had Much the privilege better. for many years of living in community with one, with okay. Bill Stager. Okay, let me just play uh, what he's going to talk about, the genesis. Because the talk that he he gave uh, he gave is called the new physics and the old metaphysics by brother Guy Consolmagno, which means with con with the sun soul magnanimous. That is a surname that supposedly the guy this guy was uh, with the In the seventies, was another cosmologist by the name of Stephen Hawking. And so let me just comes from a, a chapter of a book that he wrote for us a few years ago. And a book that he actually. Let me just skip forward. Sorry for my improvised. Did you say Hawking wrote a book for us? Is that what he said? Uh, yes, uh, Stephen Hawking. He's talking about Stephen Hawking. Mm -hmm. A and, lot of. But let me just. Um, and SJ at the end of his name, in case people don't know what that means, means Society of Jesus. Ah, mm -hmm. nice. Nice. That's what it was, all those buildings in Barcelona, isn't it? Like that, in their symbol, their Jesuit symbol that we, we ran yes. into. Yeah, all my teachers yes. had were, you know, Father so-and-so SJ. 
Ah, okay. They yeah. have their special title to oh, yeah. indicate. Mm-hmm. Super Jesuit. I'm actually going to start with a book he wrote a few years ago. <clears throat> because there is such a law as gravity, the universe can and will create itself from nothing. Spontaneous creation is the reason there is something rather than nothing, why the universe exists, why we exist. It's not necessary to invoke God to light the blue touch paper and set the universe going. It's from a book he published with uh, Leonard Nalabo a few years ago called The Grand Design. It's a very bold statement. It's you know, designed to grab your attention, the kind of thing you put in the blur- uh, blurb on the back of the book. The argument behind it, that we can explain the origin of the universe without having to invoke God, follows a theme that's very popular with these people who call themselves the New Atheists. They're Interesting, they're mostly British, they're mostly elderly white males. I've got nothing against elderly white males. I intend to be one someday. (laughs) But while they call themselves the New Atheists, there's not actually a whole lot new about it, and Stephen Hawking's hardly the first person to declare that God's obsolete. And it's really easy to mock the theological naivete. Uh, As I say, most of them are British, and the British are infamous for not allowing their science students to take Philosophy 101. So it shows <clears throat> the, the two cultures, the C.P. Snow, came from there. But He's going to there is a certain specious glibness to Hawking's argument, because what if he hadn't been able to come up with a theory that could start the universe invoking just gravity? Would that have then made him a believer? I hope not. Well, first of all, I, I need to say this is hilarious, because at the um, 27 minutes, of the, this talk, he's going to say that gravity is like a god mm-hmm. because it's yeah, created so it sounds, everything. Sounds, of course, right. sounds like it already. Yeah, he's saying that already. Yeah, they exactly. Don't, they don't and believe then, in spontaneous generation, but I guess they do when it comes to everything. <laughs> exactly. 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 And then at five minutes, uh, he's going to talk about that the Big Bang is a lie, but not just a direct lie. You know, he trying to convince people because after all, the Big Bang Theory, it came from the church. So you need to wrap, you know, what you're going to say because it's a lie in some perspective, but it's true in other. So he's he going to start with the Genesis uh, from the book uh, of the with Bible. The view of the universe that modern people think is the medieval view of the universe. So let's just, okay. In fact, that's not the medieval view. And Stephen Hawking's ideas about the theology and the meaning of creating something from nothing or why is there something instead of nothing are equally fallacious. Because I'm going to say something about Stephen Hawking's argument that he doesn't need God to start the universe. Something, if he's going to be outrageous, why can't I be outrageous? He's right. You don't need to invoke God to start the universe off. In fact, you shouldn't invoke God to start the universe off. To appreciate where I'm coming from saying this. You know how he is going to this, you know, dual speech? Right. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, double speak. (laughs) Exactly. In two minutes, he's going to talk about the Genesis. Sorry, because I can't remember the the exact uh, uh, time when he's going to start. At least in part, they're on the right track, and why we as Catholics should listen to them. 
I'm going to do a little bit of an excursion into the physics that Hawking and his collaborators are talking about. Don't need to follow the mathematics, but you need to go know sort of the kinds of arguments. And I'll also return to what's all the things that are wrong with this a picture, supposedly, of the medieval universe. Medieval universe. The cosmology that Hawking and his collaborators are working on is based on the theory of relativity by Albert Einstein, which was, you know, more than 100 years ago. The first part of the theory called special relativity was published in 1905. It looks at systems that are moving at a constant speed, constant direction, uniform motion. It's a special case, hence special relativity. In this theory, Einstein shows how a lot of the things that we take for granted as common sense really don't work, especially the relationship between mass and space and time. And <clears throat> what you measure whenever, if you and I are measuring exactly the same phenomenon at the same time, there's no such thing as the same time, but from different frames of reference, we would measure different speeds, different masses, if one of us is moving relative to the other. It gets to be very confusing. but. This theory of special relativity is able to explain a whole lot of things that we had observed and couldn't understand before. You know, most famously, it gave us the equation E equals mc squared, which is how you can turn mass into energy. It's a source of energy that allows stars to shine and bombs to bombs. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, they always try to do this. They make Einstein one of their uh, gods by, by making this claim. You see this every time you can guess they're going to do it which is essentially connecting to the atomic bomb somehow his equation, the MC squared, that is what they do. Exactly. It's like, it's incredible. And, and the GPS, and the GPS system. Right. Because all the rest, you cannot detect it, you cannot measure, you cannot go and touch. So all the things that we can explain is because they trying to explain without considering the electromagnetic view of the universe. So as if as if Einstein actually built something and Tesla was a uh, you know just some haggard you know idiot in a corner. Man, uh, let me just tell you something. <laughs> I I had been looking into these uh, talks like 10, 12 talk from this guy. Mm -hmm. In this particular, he's talking about Hertz, Ampere, Faraday, Gauss. He never mentioned even Tesla once. Right. <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> Well. Never. Mm. a great sorry. historian, he just missed the, the bringer of modernity <laughs> or and, something. And, and uh, the, I don't know if you want to continue to play in this or maybe it's a little boring. No, I think it's good, especially, I mean, does he get into a little bit more of the same topic or is that what he's talking about in the future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's, it's completely talking about all this. I, I can't remember exactly the time when he's going to talk about the flat Earth, but it's coming right now. It's just maybe two minutes more. Yeah, let's listen. Okay. It also explains how the magnetic field is just a relativistic expression of electricity. Special relativity is mathematically elegant, and it works. General relativity oh, came along about 10 years later. Yeah, it I works mean, true. in what? In, the, in satellites? <laughs> in the spaceships? <laughs> Einstein develops his ideas for the more general case of a universe where there are things accelerating and there are forces. And in particular, he tried to come up with a new theory, a new way of describing gravity. Oh. Now, gravity, even then and today. And, and 
even today remain an uncertainty you know and he needs to he needs to 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 confirm that as you know the rest of the astrophysicists god on in the media even then and today remains the most difficult of natural forces to understand isaac asimov isaac asimov isaac newton oh he goes for a science fiction writer who of happens course. to be and who happens to be also supposedly a scientist in, with many degrees but mainly uh, known for his science fiction work. The Art of Storytelling with Bright Consolmanio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and Asimov and, is, is, a, is a decent storyteller, wrote, wrote a lot, studied yeah, Shakespeare. But, yeah, but, well, it's not the reality, and I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe there's clues in it, that's what I'm saying, who knows what's in there, you know, okay. for, you know, bamboozle, not for reality. Okay. Fiction background. <laughs> Isaac Newton gave us the full idea of gravity in his, his theories, but he never attempted to describe what gravity actually was. It was just enough to be able to describe with mathematics how it behaves. He came up with the equations that allowed you to predict, for example, how long it takes for an apple to fall from a tree, or you know, how long it takes for the moon to go around the earth. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why it works that way? Why? That's the he's question. coming. He's coming. He never even tried to answer. When he was challenged on that, challenged to explain how gravity works, he just said, "I feign no hypotheses." Wow. Actually, he said it in Latin. It sounds much more elegant there. Ancient cosmology started with the observation. With and here comes. Here comes seven minutes. <laughs> Sorry for those seven minutes, but I think I, I believe that was. Great seven minutes if you want to see that way. Ancient yeah. cosmology started with the observation that anyone can see. You walk outside, you look across the field, and you can see the world is flat. Of course. We're uh -oh. living on a flat world. <laughs> and when it's clear, you can see there's a dome of skies overhead. This is the view that's described in Genesis. But it's not Genesis saying you must believe this is what the world is. Genesis is saying everybody knows this is the best science of its day in the year 500 BC. So God is dependent on the science of the day? Right. Exactly. This, wow. This, Bob, this reminds me exactly of school. This is like giving me chills. Because this is what I had to, this is what I had to listen to from these Jesuits. You know, this is what I had to listen to where it's just backwards talk. And, and again, Catholics don't necessarily believe that the Bible is word for word from God. Why? Because they're the ones who changed it. <laughs> so it's really exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that is the, the kind of idea of the concept that you need to take into account. Mm -hmm. So let me just play yeah, this, and this And this is exactly the kind of thing you do that they use against indigenous people to call them children because they believe in spirituality, of course. And what he's doing here is this kind of scientific so-called progressivism, right? The idea that science is always moving forward. And if it was, there would be no poverty right now. Nobody would, would die of disease. Nobody would be fat and out of uh, shape for because of the, what they're eating, the processed food, making them sick, and so on and so forth. Because that is all connected to... You know, the science that they defended, they always say it brought you medicine, it brought all this. They talk about electronics, but they don't talk about how the whole world, this political system is a total joke. And that should be, there's something called political science as well. There's all this other stuff. But iron scientists working on problems that make people have better lives, shouldn't that be the focus? These guys are just looking at this cosmology, this kind of storytelling, essentially, as either just proved it, right? 
Yeah, but it's this whole idea that yeah, sorry, that we're moving forward, right? right? And that, exactly. and that, and that in the time, in the time of these guys, when everybody observed it was actually flat, and anybody can tell, you know, somehow that's the state of the science, the backward science of the time. But that's the inversion. That's right there is the what we know, as, as in many, in the double think, and and, and as Don Pettit being a genius, we you know, it, you know, those inversions that they have it right there. Ah, in fact, but the real thing is because some maybe the people that just join us uh, on the on, on the hangout on the live uh, that maybe they believe that this is just a regular priest you know giving up science you mm -hmm. know mixed with uh, religions talk no no this is the actual director of the Vatican Observatory and he came from the Jesuit order and he works hand-to-hand -hand with NASA and you can find it online, you can find his bio online, you can find his connection with the whole glory church of the heliocentric model, which is And he's NASA. talked to, to the grass as well, of yeah. course. Yes. He even in this talk, he mentioned that if you, if you want to become an astrophysicist, you need to do uh, for the love to the nature, because the only guy who came rich with astrophysicist, uh, astrophysic talk was mm -hmm. the great Tyson. <laughs> he mentioned that, you know, I mean, he is uh, in touch with everyone. So let me just uh, finish that uh, Genesis part and, and, and sorry for making so long, but <laughs> you know, I, I like to talk a, a little bit. But it's not Genesis saying you must believe this is what the world is. Genesis is saying everybody knows this is the best science of its day in the year 500 BC. They didn't say 500 BC, but you know what I mean? <laughs> And given that this is the best, you know, understanding of what the universe is like, then Genesis talks about the God who made it. That makes but no sense. But in Genesis, <laughs> it describes. <laughs> no. It doesn't. It makes no sense. It's just it's painful to even hear because what, what they're that talking about spits in the face of the entirety of the of the religion, and the understanding and the, and the book. I mean, if if it's not God's word perfected, if it's not divine, then it's simply the best words of men at the time. Which, exactly, yeah, exactly, is, man. Just and, and and even in this in this talk, he talks about the uh, Council of Nicaea and how the the priest put put all together the best part because he right. also talks about the Enoch book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, of course, so he's not going to mention as an astronomer or astrophysics, whatever he he does, he's not going to mention that the Chinese in thousand BC. Had already measured the dome and believing on a flat Earth as well, and had astronomy books. Everybody, I'm sure. I think China did. I mean, in, in, you know, these places yeah. until they got visited by the Jesuits in the you know, <laughs> yeah. 1700s. Yeah. But in Genesis, it describes a dome amidst the waters, separating the waters above and the land below. And you notice that you know there, there's water and hail coming through little parts in that dome and there's water underneath, and we've all lived there. This is the universe, the, the common sense observational universe that we all live in. But it didn't take a whole lot of observation to recognize that it was incomplete. A few hundred years later, by the year 300, the ancient Greeks understood well. Everybody in Greece knew that the world was round. You yeah, can see it's lying. It's lying. Of course, and, and not just it's lying. 
the only part of all this talk that he uh, touched his now his nose is when he started talking about the Genesis and the word isn't being flat. And then he never again touched his nose until he talks again about the Genesis because he is going to deny the Genesis, but at the uh, 57 minute, and I'm going to skip forward uh, so you, you, can, you can listen for yourself, he needs to uh, bring the Big Bang uh, idea of a point of zero energy came into existence, and he referred the Genesis because the, the first thing that God says was there will be light. So he he started to cherry picking and say, okay, this part of the Genesis is true, but the rest of the Genesis isn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just speaking what fits his, his model, choose. right? Pick and choose, and then you can also interpret it any way you want. Exactly. By looking well, at the round yeah. shadow of the Earth. Uh, how, how the Greeks know about the, <laughs> the, the, the Earth being uh, round? You can see it for yourself. Just by looking at the round shadow of the Earth as it falls on the Moon during a lunar eclipse. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I've been reading recently. Just some there's some scholars that that been publishing obsessively these Vedic, uh, other Indian stuff that's never been translated to to the West. Talking about astronomy, and you know when you look at the moon, it, it has two nodes, Rahu and Ketu. One is uh, masculine, one is feminine. There's all these correspondences with it, and they are these nodes or these. Things that accompany the moon, and they're the ones who are generating what we see in, the, in, the, in their view, and they kept those views for thousands of years. You know, they, yeah, they thought the moon had its own light as well, and so on, and so forth. It's and, part and, of no, the main. And, yeah. and we still we're still waiting uh, from the real video from the lunar recognizer orbiter to show us right. really the shadow of the Earth projecting on the moon from mm. the moon. Right. <laughs> from Just the like as you can see system. here. As we can see here at the, by, with balloons at the same time of the eclipse and so on, right? How about a video exactly. from the moon of the Earth getting in the way of the sun? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It would be amazing, but of course, uh, we'll never see anything like that. and That's just exactly. ridiculous, because what it would cost them realistically to send one of their little probes to the moon with a camera, it would be nothing to them. No, man, yeah. but no the most... The, the most hilarious uh, thing is that uh, they talk about that yeah. they need yeah. to turn yeah. off the lunar recognizer orbiter during the eclipse because if not, and this is an official video, this is not yeah. made by me, they need to turn off the equipment of the LRO because the battery is getting down. <laughs> so they never can recover it. No, oh. it's serious that, 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 that they presented this as their video on the left or the, the no? Yeah, man. And this is this is super. Nah. This is <laughs> no, no, come way. on. Yeah, no way. Nah. Yeah, this is true, man. Nah. This is come original. On. This is from NASA. This is from. This is from NASA. <laughs> that is some really crappy reconnaissance from the LRO. <laughs> no, the one before you know the, you had the image there. Let me. Some people still believe the lunar landings and stuff. You have this crop with a square around the Earth. <laughs> yeah. You know? I had a question, it's too. Like, if you're, how, if you're yeah, on the moon yeah. during an eclipse, and it's a blood moon eclipse or whatever, would you be bathed in red light? No. 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 Of course not. 
but now it's recovered the battery, and That's right now good. we don't have more battery, and because it, and and you know what is funny? And, well, what happened? I, I think have you tried modeling this? Uh, you know, like what Jaron just said, like from the moon, uh, you know, the sun coming from behind the the, the Earth or whatever, and the shadow, what kind of effect you would have? Well, I admit I don't really understand their their model of the blood, you know, moon eclipse. Okay, they say it's light shining through the atmosphere, but is yes. it is it because from our view it appears red, but if you were on the moon it would not, or is their opinion that if you were on the moon you'd be bathed in a red light from the atmosphere of the Earth? I don't know because they never show that. Yeah, no. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Like, uh, how is that? I mean, this is one of the things. Like, how is that? That's the red, I guess. Yeah, they're showing the yes. red. This is and this is original from NASA. Let me just play. But I don't. I don't ever get bathed in red light at sunrise or sunset. Yeah, and what's amazing is is the umbra that the Earth casts on the Moon is over five thousand miles across, and yet the Moon, you flip that around, and it's seventy miles. Right. Yes. How can it be seventy miles? They don't talk about that. They don't explain how the, it's it's and it moves right in the wrong direction apparently. Right. Well, these correct? are the alleged observed. I mean, I agree with the 70 mile one because, you know, we observed that. And, you know, when you when you see a lunar eclipse, uh, the sun going over the moon, it's obviously way, way bigger. And I looked it up. You know, it's part of my presentation I did uh, down in South Carolina. And it's over 5000 miles. The shadow uh, 2.6 times the diameter of the moon is the shadow size of the shadow that the Earth casts over the moon. Uh, and those are observed phenomenon. Right. They are so disconnected, though. From logic, right. it, it just—it's mm -hmm. um, unbelievable. But they Factoring into the distances and stuff—that's what you're saying. Yeah, there, I mean, it does right. not—it does not jive in either direction. Uh, I think I calculated it out. It's like a 2,600% disconnect um, from the math in each direction. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> and Iru, you know that uh, Newton's work was also edited by Jesuits. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, and Kepler's too, yeah. and Galileo too, of course, yeah. and from to the, uh, and in fact, when this is an official, also is it, an is official it, video is from it, NASA that talks yeah, no, about. No, is it isn't it funny though? Like you just said, uh, Jaron, like they they are the editors. Are, isn't that interesting? Like the, they have a whole doctrine of peer reviewers. You have at the same time the idea that you're a free thinker, that you can produce stuff, but then you have this whole gatekeeping system of peer reviewers, right? It's the editors, the people who get your stuff at the end and kind of, you know, who, who's who got Tesla's papers? You know, who's got that stuff? The U.S. government. Yes, right. exactly. And supposedly, for example, uh, this is a camera. Supposedly, this is a camera in the moon. So if you are in the moon during the lunar eclipse, you're going to have this red, uh, you know, color on the surface. It's nice that you can see the lights of Chicago from here and, and Florida. I can clearly yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah, and, and what is really funny is that people believe, uh, well, this is all the explanation and how and why the lunar recognized orbiter needs to turn be off during the lunar eclipse because if not, they cannot recover and turn it on again. <laughs> all, all this nonsense <laughs> that it doesn't have any sense at all. But if, you, if you're trying to, um, and, and let me just, uh, making this um, lunar uh, images, for, for example, uh, from Japan. Uh, the oh, people believe that some of the best. Yeah, stuff. the people. <laughs> yeah, the people believe that uh, Japan uh, lunar orbiter. People believe that this is this is real. Yeah. 
they believe that this this is real because they you know they send the 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 rocket so this is must be real but the funny thing is that of course you don't see any stars any atmospheric and, and nothing you, you you don't see nothing more than cgi whatever you know a, any guy who works in the industry of, of cgi and visual effects immediately recognize that this is a displacement and the bump up into it's even it's even in the movement or the way it's moving, right? That you can tell it's kind of computer graphics that making it move the particular way oh, it's rendered. Yeah. Exactly. But what but when the people see, for example, this kind of image, uh, let me just put someone uh, big one. Yeah, the other thing that was wrong with that is there was absolutely no parallax on that moonshot whatsoever. A exactly. Mm. For, for example, <laughs> yeah, completely. But when people when people see this uh, Tesla car in space, for example, the people when and I mentioned that the word people like four times, maybe they will get wrong drunk right now, but when <laughs> it's a joke just for me. Um, <laughs> when the people see this, this this kind of image, this kind of image that. You, you know, maybe this has the atmosphere layer and the shadow and things like that. So they believe that maybe this could be real because it's look real, supposedly. Says who? I, I have. I, I, says I have. Of, it's amazing. Uh, but you know, something that uh. that caught my attention is that there is in Turbo Squid because I, I buy some 3D models uh, once or once in a while when I cannot mm -hmm. have the time to model in. There is a photorealistic Earth uh, um, setting up in V-Ray uh, render engine that it's cost about $500. I assume that, you know, maybe uh, Elon Musk and NASA has the money to buy it. And it, when you start to compare this, uh, for example, the Australian, the Australian part, look at how real supposedly it looks, <laughs> right? And this is something that you can buy mm -hmm. for $500. So you start to compare the the model of the Turbo Squid model with the Tesla uh, in space model, and it's almost it's almost. I think I think Tesla. I think uh, SpaceX paid a thousand. They paid a maybe, lot more. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But <laughs> you start looking, and yeah. it's almost identical. And not only this. Oh, not only that, but when you go to the lunar recognizer orbiter, oh my goodness, oh, that's supposed to be real. That is supposed to be real. But for you know, for hundred dollars, you also get a full reality moon pack. Oh. And when you go, yeah, and oh, when you go to the surface, it's just the same one. Oh boy! Wow. So I mean, I mean. You know, for 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 a guy uh, like me, uh, I can take this <laughs> this model and I can produce whatever I want. You know, uh, I, I can change. Kind of and those aren't those aren't just still pictures like, they'd be purchasing. Those are actually video graphics, the entire 360 degrees of it, right? Yeah, what are you paying for oh, for five hundred dollars? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's completely yeah. three D model. Look how much more curvature the moon has, you know, left to right. Yeah. <laughs> it is the altitude that they're simulating. Yeah. So you can change the color, you can change the illumination, you can put a camera with a, I don't know, 25 lens millimeter or 36 or 18 to give a more wide angle feel. Does it work with a I particular mean, program? Either it's like a plug-in to a particular software that does yeah, 3D? Exactly, any 3D software can do it. So and I mean, you plug this into it. 
kind of thing. You buy this and work it yeah. out on a different program, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you have uh, it's prepared. If you want to, you know, as as you buy it, uh, as you uh, if you want to just render what you see, you need to have the 3D Max uh, software and be right 2.3 at least. Okay. But uh, but the the geometry is came also uh, in OB, OBJ or FBX, so you, you can plug into any 3D software uh, in our days. You know, I mean. So what I'm trying to say is, in fact, I, I sent it uh, to Sharon a few days ago while I'm researching in, in the archives of NASA where I found this, you know, W map uh, satellite, the Planck satellite, things like that. I found really interested uh, something that they can, for example, produce and simulate uh, Mars uh, sending pictures because mm -hmm. they have they have the simulation uh, software to train his oh, employers uh, mm -hmm. to create that. For example, this is yeah. this is the curiosity. It seems like they have this practice to since Photoshop because that came together with some of their updates that they when they create their models for the different planets and different things, they also create either a video game version or some spin-off, some product that gets it to be even more popular among the geeks because they want to see they what they think is that it is, you know, the real deal from NASA, you know, like, you know, that's that software is officially approved, you know, it's got real data in it, like, yeah, I can follow it. And so yeah. you go and study, because my idea when I looked at the JAXA stuff, when it first started coming out and it was looking around, I was like, wow, you know, I, I may see some signs of civilization here. And I started looking around, I was like, no stars, this looks so clean, it, it moves. And, and in my mind at the time, I had to try to say, you know, it's some data that they get into a transfer into an animation and it's still real. You know, you get those kinds of, you've been, you've been hypnotized by it and you don't really know. You know that, so I remember yeah. clearly when I was looking into this JAXA stuff when it first came on. Well, yeah, I, I, and you know, NASA, that's how, NASA doesn't have the DMT, it has the DTN, the DTN, you know? So mm -hmm. what is DTN? It's, uh, for example, there is NASA Deep Space Flight Simulation Test. You know, mm -hmm. disruption tolerant networking. So they, they put a, a bunch of, uh, you know, Google, Google works <laughs> on it. So they work all together, like we, we know, you know, all this nonsense thing via curiosity that's sent to the satellite, the satellite uh -huh. give us all the, the, the <laughs> they, they send the signal in the heliocentric Big Bang universe, all moving, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in super speed, it doesn't matter, it's, it's get passed through all the atmosphere layers. Super easy, you know. they can do it all the time. Can do yeah, and this is like the architect from the Matrix, man, talking. I mean, <laughs> with the guy. Well, the thing is that the thing is that they train all his. He performed like a, like a theater. <laughs> what kind of propulsion you know, like, they say it's using? That's like because he had those little jets. Yeah, it, he is is pushing by Jesuit. Yeah, you you can you can look it in that way. Jesuit face. Yes, Jesuit proportion. So you have all the guys training. And for example, this is a simulation that supposedly, oh, we are receiving data from Mars from the Curiosity for the you know the first picture. But this is all a simulation. Mm -hmm. So here you can send. So when you when, when like Jeran says always, uh, they receive all this crap from a main central computer. You know, uh, at the next room. Oh yeah. Because they 
they do this first. Yeah, so they prepare everything. Even the people who believe the, the, they are going to Mars or whatever, back in the day when I was following these guys, there was a guy that looked at anomalies, and he was kind of a hermit and whatnot, but he was showing that they had pictures in their, their own computers showing Mars with blue skies. But then the idea then is that, oh, they're hiding that Mars is really just like the Earth. And, you know, they try to pretend there's no life there, but actually they're just pretending it, it's not the Earth when it is the Earth that they're showing, right? And and then they probably take a bunch of pictures of the Earth and make their mapping in 3D, and then they turn it all red through some filters, do some fiddling, as we know they, they do it. And then they have this whole simulated environment, and that's and, what they use. And they use, all, all, of course, they use all these technology to the satellite, quote-unquote, uh, imagery. In fact, uh, and I know that we go wild, <laughs> I jump into topic to topic, but uh, what I try to, you know, for example, they have this kind of, um, uh, this uh, milestone in flight history drawing, blah, 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 the Gould Strength Trend 3, <laughs> which is a name that I cannot even pronounce, but they create all this image, not from a satellite, of course, but from a radar that it's um, created by a drone. So when you start to compare this, of course, we all know the Bexel camera technology, the aerogrid mapping, but they, are, they, they have also this mixed uh, technology mm -hmm. in his uh, own web pages. So yeah, one thing one thing I noticed, you know, that, that jumped to my eyes when I first saw it in Jaren, that it was that some of the surveillance photographs from World War II, from high altitude airplanes, of course, looked like they were so far, really, really high. When it, when it, and when you see the stuff from even the ISS, it looks like they're closer, and, and some some other stuff you see from the satellite photographs. I, I think what gives it away is that it's always straight and flat. You're always seeing things from above. Yes, you, know, you don't get this. View. Yeah, you don't get this bending. Yeah, uh, but I, yeah. I, I mean, you can see because this is just promotional, you know, uh, a tiny little video about three minutes just to 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 sell the the service. But when you start looking what images they use, you can detect. For example, this is like a, like a strip of uh, the image that that drone takes. So. If you, turn, if, you, if you start to put this into perspective, uh, you, you have sold, not sold, but at least uh, you can imagine that because they have like a fleet of these drones. So why they cannot fake the ISS plane, you know, flying over the, the, the world? If they have a lot of bases, bases you right. know, headquarters, companies that work together, there are just drones with autonomy about two days they talk about it. Be, Two yeah. days of autonomy. Some people, this is one of the things, I was talking to the people in Brazil, and some people, they want to believe that uh, the ISS is somewhere, that there is something somewhere up there, and that there's some electric universe inversion kind of thing that keeps it up there, and it sometimes go up there. I was trying to say, because what, what caught them, apparently, was the long tours of the ISS. They have apparently no cuts, and I was saying it's which probably done just in the movie, which is yeah, just, sorry. which is just so easy to do, you know. For them, right. I don't know why people think that uh, if you see no cuts in a video, that it means that there was no cuts. It's just it's not mm -hmm. the way movie making works. You know, that you can easily yeah. fill in a cut and 
Yeah, but without the ISS, they really have nothing. Exactly. That, they need the ISS. I mean, it is their baby. It is uh, everything. It's their proof. Uh, Vaughn Felix sent a super chat. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you very much, Vaughn. Uh, I need to run to the restroom. Go ahead. Continue. Okay, man. Okay. No, um, but yeah. Bob's Go ahead, Bob. Please. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. Then the, the ISS is actually so incredibly easy to, um, you know, debunk. It's ridiculous, especially when you consider the, you know, the angular size of it and the, the speed that it's going, uh, the alleged time that you can see. Well, not alleged. I mean, I've watched it myself. It's visible in the sky for six to eight minutes, which means it's traveling, you know, two to 3,000 miles, and you're watching it the whole damn time. You know, it's like, where is people's common sense that they don't understand that you cannot see an object you know, uh, the size of a 747, you know, even as high as as uh, 25 miles, let alone 250. And the, right. when you bring in the idea that you're observing it for well over 2,000 miles as it traverses the sky, and the fact that the, the ISS, the largest reflective things on the ISS are the solar panels, which are designed to collect light, not reflect it, um, you take that into consideration also that it's also supposedly reflecting sunlight down to the earth. You know, how does it ever get that angle, you know, an acute enough angle to be able to reflect sunlight gets down it, here? Gets it every night, Bob? Just uh, every single night. I know it's it's yeah, unbelievable. So easy to debunk. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. And, they, and the inconstancy is that you can look into the astronaut hanging on wires inside the ISS. You, right. you need to put all together, you know, I mean. Of course, I was seeing a, a video recently. There was like uh, some guy, one of these sciencey guys. It's kind of ridiculous. I was going to cover it at some point, but what they were showing is this: something that happened with with spinning bodies that they invert. They're spinning one direction, and then they suddenly invert and they continue to spin, but they invert themselves. Like when oh, you I was throw... watching that. That was yeah. cool. And uh, did you did you catch? Like, yeah, I was I was sending you some comments on that, Bob. And uh, what's interesting about that is that they claiming it's happening in the ISS, but when they spin the thing and it comes out, you can see that it's moving because it's in a zero gravity plane. At least in those things, because it, it does look real. So when it does look real, you know it's a zero gravity plane. And how you can tell is that things don't just move straight; they start. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the smarter everyday guy actually covered that, and it is an interesting phenomenon. But uh, uh, yeah, and supposedly one of the Russian cosmonauts discovered that, right? And they kept mm -hmm. it top secret for the longest time. But right. you know, whatever. Um, hey guys, um, uh, I added in um, Zach. Uh, good times for all to this conversation. Hey Zach. Hey, hey man. Zach. Hey Zach. What's going on, fellas? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, so, not much. What's up, Zach? Real well. Real well. How are you? Loving it out here in Denver, Bob and Cammies. How are we doing, Jaron? Doing good. You? Oh, loving it. Uh, just kind of getting back into the swing of things after Flattoberfest. That was a uh, man. They really drained you going <laughs> to those conferences and everything. There's so much energy, and you're so hyped. You come home, it's just like you want to sleep for a week. Yeah, because you don't <laughs> sleep while you're there. That's why. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's how it was for me in Amsterdam, but I got back and Rodrigo was doing four-hour live streams like they were nothing. <laughs> I was like, what that's the crazy. hell is this guy on? So, uh, so Zach? I was, I, well, but for me, it's just down the street. You're surprised, remember, when I came back for, for the Goldbluster show. You're like, you're already home, man. What the hell? It's just kind of you know, two hours away. Holland's so small. I mean, the other side of the country, but it's two hours, two hours and a half on the train. True, just a train yeah. right away. Yeah. So so anyway, um, Ira, when you get done with this, um, Zach was has been talking to me uh, this week about 
this upcoming eclipse and you know how it's sort of a hybrid thing and it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever and he kind of wanted to throw that out there to people um talk about a little bit if that's okay with you guys absolutely okay, just yeah, for, for people that I are just finish right now and people that are just joining us just so they know what we're doing this is just a fun little chat we're calling it friday lounge hopefully it continues on and yeah people are welcome and we're just talking about nothing in particular so hopefully you're not expecting okay. so i'm gonna to I, i'm gonna finish with the guy consul Magno, talking about how they built up the observatory from Vatican in Castel, in Castel Gandolfo. And it's not lovely how the Jesuit and the Freemason get together to get some fun and build some telescope because <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is this priest doing with the hand inside of the jacket? Oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they are the, bro the, the brotherhood. Yeah, they are so lovely, man. So, like, so I'm going to finish this topic um, uh, and... You know, leave to you guys to trying to, you know, it's it's really worth it. And you know, uh, how this guy trying to debunk the genesis and you know cherry picking ideas and then came again to validate the genesis because it says there's gonna be light and that is the big bang, and he disproved <laughs> Stephen Hawking, but then they bring together again and he disproved Einstein, but then he you know enforced Einstein so. It's that double speaking that they Absolutely. need to, you know, to, to get our, uh, to get us uh, completely twisted in our head. And anyone you know? who's had a Catholic education or at least a Jesuit education knows that that is exactly what they do. It's double exactly. speak all over the place. I, and then there is when when he finished talking about that the Genesis is not true, spontaneously he needs to uh, touch his nose. And that, and, then, and, and that is the only part of an hour that is during the talk that he touched the nose. Hmm. And for me, that is something that, you know, I like the, the body language to understand that because sometimes give you, you know, a different perspective. So I'm going to stop sharing uh, my screen. So okay. he does, he does speak, in, in his, his gestures, gestures kind of struck me as very wizard-like, you know, like, Pointing the hands and uh, kind of like he does yeah, look he like a wizard of... and he dresses like one too. <laughs> Pinocchio, Pinocchio. <laughs> okay, stop sharing, guys. Okay, Bob, is is are we going to share something else or? Have mm. the, uh, um, I'm not sharing anything unless Zach has. Zach, anything. Zach are you going to present anything? Um, I'm looking for the picture. I wasn't really ready to. I got a picture that'll work. I got I'll another, drop it into the uh, another super Skype. chat from Lumberjack. Thank you so much. He says, "Shout out to Jaron Rodrigo, Iru, and Bob Oshu. Bob is always first. Shout out to Bob, Jaron, Iru, Rodrigo." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, here's a image of us at the Salton Sea, and that's uh, Lumberjack right there wearing the Jaronism logo shirt, which is awesome. And Oops, me, you're not seeing anything, Jaron. Oh, anything, you want to share? I'm sorry, I didn't share screens. Let me share with you. Oh, no. uh, there we go. <laughs> so, and me wearing my very limited edition NASA going nowhere since 1958. You know, NASA is now like <laughs> watching me like a hawk because I had another shirt called NASA Sucks on my Teespring, and they removed that one due to copyright as well. Oh, so, man. Huh? Can't really? Use... I thought they didn't have copyright for anything. Now, I guess with their logo, well, they have permission to say when you can use it and when you can't. And even though mm -hmm. I, I changed the logo in the second edition to have the N and the A not connected, I'm sorry, the A and the S not connected, 
so that mm -hmm. it wasn't exactly like their logo, they still were able to block that one. So, oh, and you can see Wendell off to the left there. That's Wendell. So, anyway, uh, thank you very much, Lumberjack, for the super chat. And you said there's a picture I'm going to show or something? Let me see. Here. Yeah, he, he dropped it in the chat. Let me find it. Okay, so bring this up. Yep. Okay, it is up. All right, have you ever heard of a hybrid eclipse before? Hybrid eclipse, I can't say I have. Okay, this one, it's been driving me crazy. Um, it starts off, as you can see up there, by that green line at the top where it says Antumbra. I guess as the, uh, the shadow lines overlaps, they'll create a smaller shadow, a lighter shadow. That's what's supposed to be happening when it creates the ring of fire. The annual eclipse. Okay, because you mean sometimes it's too far away, sometimes it's closer? Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what they're saying. But in a hybrid eclipse, it actually goes to a annual eclipse with a ring of fire around it and then goes to a full eclipse and then goes back to an annular at the end of it. Hmm. These are rare. These are real rare. There's going to be one in 2023, and then the next one after that is until 2049. But if it does this, like they say it does, wouldn't the shadow have to change size on the Earth? Yeah, you would think, because they would think be so. connecting it would, together. It would always be morphing, you would think. Yeah, I don't even know if this was would be possible. I haven't. I was going to ask maybe Karen B. or one of them to uh, maybe 3D model it, just to see if, because, I mean, the moon, in the way they have it, it looks like it changes distance to the Earth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think it would have to, which is why. Well, it has to. It has to continuously accelerate and decelerate to keep up with it as well as it goes around the sun. It's one of the things they don't talk about, but it's it's pretty elementary. And you see one thing that's interesting as well that I saw. I think I sent to Bob as well. It's how basically they abolished that in the same video. He says he starts. He explains the spin that turnaround spin that we're talking about through centrifugal forces, but then he says. Well, we need to ignore centrifugal forces because they don't fit the ball, right? They don't fit the ball. You have to have them. You don't. They just magically make it, it disappear, even though you can show it with anything that spins as a centrifugal force. And like I said, their stupid gravity simulator is a centrifuge. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's amazing. The other thing they also say is, you know, they talk <laughs> about linear motion versus angular motion. And they treat everything in the universe. It doesn't matter if it's the spinning of the Earth or the Earth going around the sun, you know, or you, we've all seen the vortex model or the sun going around the Milky Way, yada, yada, yada. All of those are angular motions, not to mention the fact that it's not a perfect circle. There is a, uh, it, it's more of an ellipsoid, and, you know, there's definitely uh, two different angles, multiple different angles, right? So we are constantly uh, under a, Angular. It's changing, right? Supposed yeah. to change all the time and, and yeah. spiraling and yeah. And they say, well, you and they would actually, they actually had the audacity to say, well, if you're just going around a circle, you would never feel it. It's like, yeah, that's like saying if you're on the outside of a merry-go-round, you wouldn't feel that angular acceleration. It well, is not a linear acceleration, you know. Well, that's as they demonstrated, I don't know if it was if it was upon the plane or your presentation that uh, actually, as you make that merry-go-round bigger and bigger, you know, people should just be just thrown off the, the surface, right? Right, because yeah. the edge velocity. Yeah, yes. the edge velocity just gets much, much higher. It gets more, probably exponentially higher. 
That was Dave. Uh, somehow. Allegedly Dave's presentation, I think. Ah, allegedly Dave's, yeah. 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 And then they had also the, oh gosh, I mirrored the guy's video. Um, the guy in the train. The, yeah, the, the guy with the train. Exactly. Oh, come on. I can't believe I forgot who that was. <clears throat> anyway, somebody in the chat will know who it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he did a beautiful demonstration about all these different uh, angle changes and velocities that we should be undergoing. And with those accelerations, you know, we should literally be crushed. You know, right? Because it's uh, it, the vector math is is what you actually have to be looking right. at. So you have to factor in that velocity of the galaxy, which is like a million kilometers an hour in some direction, over a million. Well, it's one point three million miles per hour, which is wow. over over two million kilometers uh, per hour. <laughs> right. So, they always forget that, like the detail. Yeah. Well, in that, and and they also try to explain. You know, it's like I've asked the question a million times before. It's like how in the world. You know, when something gets out of, uh, you know, leaves Earth's gravitational influence and, uh, you know, how do we keep from getting left behind? And, of course, the stupid, and I mean stupid baller answer is, well, it's all in the same frame of reference. And it's like, right. the frame of the reference magic. is a conceptual <laughs> thing, man. Right, that's their, ask, their answer for everything. Yeah, uh, it, it, ridiculous as it may be, but, but yeah. Yeah they, yeah, they don't recognize how the frame of reference contradicts their own uh, doctrine of the Coriolis effect or whatever it is, right? It's, that's one of the things we've been pointing out. They don't yeah. go together. They shouldn't possibly go together in, in the same world, but then for them, yeah, many right. magic oh, things happen. That's right. It was Chris UK. I'm sorry, Chris UK. I can't believe I had a brain cramp. You know, I'm getting old. That's that's what happens when you get old. But uh, yeah, uh, that uh, I put that video up on Globusters, and I mean, what a dramatic point. And of course, he had all the physics, you know, backed up, you know, college lectures on the on the subject and everything. And it's, it is absolutely undeniable that we should be feeling this. And even if we were, you know, somehow so, you know, obtuse that we couldn't possibly feel that, why is it that, you know, our accelerometers, which, you know, essentially can, can measure a nap farting, you know, right, for acceleration, <laughs> why can't they pick it up? You know, it's just absurd. So... Mm -hmm. But I know we're kind of getting away from the the subject of the eclipse, but um, I mean, it's just, the whole thing just becomes so absurd. No, but it was Zach was pointing out, it's clear here in their little diagram. They always give you cartoons, but in that one, the moon seems to be just getting more distant, right? Yeah, and, it doesn't even have to make sense, I guess. Whatever they just, I guess yeah. it, it's it's not supposed to make sense. Yeah, even if they can mathematically make it somehow work to where it would happen this way, I mean, we could measure the shadow and see if if we can measure the shadow. That's I'm trying to work on a way to do that right now. We got a few yeah. years, so. And the thing that the thing that really disconnects us from reality is, of course, the you know the umbra of these like uh, of the 2017 eclipse is the 70 miles, and if you were to turn that around because the Earth is. Uh, supposedly like 3.6 times larger than the moon, you turn that around, that, that means that, you know, theoretically there should be about a 260-mile shadow cast upon the moon. But in reality, what they're telling us anyway is that it's 2.6 Earth diameters, uh, you know, or excuse me, 2.6 moon diameters, uh, or, you know, six or 7,000 miles. It's ridiculous how much bigger it is. I mean, it's a complete disconnect on this. And the other thing we were talking about today so, also... So what you're saying is that you can work the shadow try, try sort of like backward to try to see what kind of object and how distance it would be to cast that shadow. And what you find is that it wouldn't be the size and distance of the moon. Is that correct? 
not even yeah exactly that is correct and it's not even close and you know uh, or if you turn it around and you say okay well if the earth is actually casting a shadow that is 2.6 uh times the moon diameter and you turn that around um mm -hmm. that doesn't add up either because once again you know we're still only getting these 70 mile approximately they do vary a little bit plus or minus you know, Umbras, how does that work when we're still generally uh, about 93 million miles away from the sun? You know, <laughs> it, it's yeah. a complete disconnect right. in logic. And that's that's one thing that really blows me away. And the other thing is, like, when an eclipse happens, when we were out there in Alliance and we were observing this, I mean, even it didn't even start getting dark at all um, until it was like in excess of like 95 percent in of totality right wow. and it, it was absolutely amazing it's, it's suddenly you know it just wham wham all of a sudden went into totality uh you saw the the ring of fire the diamond ring effect and you know it was beautiful and everything and that's when it got dark and the stars came out and everything but you know even people that were close to alliance in the you know 90 percent zone they did not really see any substantial darkening of of the sunlight of course you know, I've always said that you cannot have a single point of light like the sun that lights up the world the way that it does. I mean, obviously, there's got to be, you know, the fluorescence of the sky, which they describe as scattering, you know, in the heliocentric model. But in the flat Earth model, I think it's more akin to the electric field of the sun that is that is illuminating the noble gases. Right. That makes a whole lot more sense to me. And, and you can replicate it in a lab. So mm -hmm. that's the interesting thing about it is it 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 almost seemed like it didn't matter that 90% of the sun was covered. It was still broad daylight and almost everywhere, you know, around. So the whole, the whole mechanics of, of these eclipses just don't make any sense whatsoever for the model we're presented. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to have to get going here. I got our iron realm here in about a half hour. So uh, I'm going to go do the pre-show with them, but thank you guys so much. Um, Tell the guys hello from all of us. Will do. Yeah, they're having uh, Chris and Harry on tonight talking about an, uh, a test that they want to set up, kind of like a, um, a mechanical-type fog. It's almost like a giant. I don't know. It's it's going to be neat. Hmm, interesting. They're explaining it. Yeah, so stop on by. But right. Thanks, Jaron. Thanks, Zach. Thank you Zach. Coming. All right, Rodrigo, Bob. Thank you, man. Love you Thank guys. you. Yep, it's always a pleasure, and I will see you guys in awesome. Dallas. All right, see you there. All right, see you, Zach. That's coming up quick, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like something like uh, 25 days or something like that. It's less really than coming that. up quick. I think it's a lot less than that. Uh, Ido, Ido, you're going to make the um, presentation for the Brazilian conference, right? Yeah. Uh, 20, 20 days. Yeah. 20 days. Yeah. 20 days, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have your video that you sent me via WeTransfer. I don't know if you want to talk about um, it or I those don't know. two videos. I mean, there's, I mean, I don't know. There's one is just new graph size and something I I showed before. It's not, it's not really kind of on the on the. I I'd rather you know if you guys have something to say about Mike Wilkerson's work. I'm I'm just very curious to hear because either this is, you know, a a blunder, a crazy blunder, or is worthy of a Nobel Prize or, or more, because it seems to be kind of revolutionary what, what he has done. And I know Bob, I don't know, do you know him? In oh, Jared? yeah. Uh, and have you seen his latest uh, video on the hearts, on the petrified yes. hearts? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. well, not the very latest one. Actually, I need to watch that because I know he just released it. But the one I was I found very interesting before is, and, and first of all, uh, if you guys are not familiar with this guy, his uh, YouTube name is Stellium7. Yeah, the and the link is uh, on the chat uh, here. Uh, Jim, oh, okay. And, uh, uh, are you so, sharing, you mean? Uh, in our chat, there, it's just right there on top of if you go up a little bit from uh, the latest inside, in, not in chat, in Skype. So oh, you mean a link to his video? Yeah. Yeah. To, to, I mean, to his channel. Oh, gotcha. Yep. So, and his name is, is Mike, and uh, you may, may know him well from uh, the Conspiracy Music Guru. He's actually Alex's buddy, and uh, he was he played the bartender in I Don't Want to Talk About Nasser. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's Mike. Uh, Mike is a chiropractor, has a medical background uh, in addition, and he also... He knows about Germanic medicine, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, he does, and definitely uh, a lot about you know physiology and and so Mike has been studying these these fossils that are, are actually rock formations, which you know mud fossils. A lot of people have asserted that you know these are actually the remains of of giant beings. Well, you know the the mud fossils guy, which I can't remember his name, actually has DNA tested some of these rocks, right, and. They actually have human DNA in them, Bro, which is mind-boggling, right? So anyway, so he he has been doing this thing on a, uh, it looks like a pachyderm of some sort uh, that's out behind where he and Alex live, this mountain. And he's going through and he shows, you know, all these uh, body cavities that uh, are commensurate with, you know, uh, you know, skull cavities and heart and stuff like this and what yeah there it is right there and one of the interesting really interesting things about this is that google uh decided on google earth decided to censor this particular image right they they censored it by uh, when you pull out from it they take away some of the features like the eyeball they close the eye and they close the ear that there's like uh he's talking about it in one of his latest videos because we found that out when we were having this interview, kind of a free-flowing interview, and he pulled up the Google Earth, and then the eye was closed, and we we're like, what the hell's going on? And as you move closer and far away from it, you see it closing and opening. Uh, and as you said, the, the there's just so many of these correlations, this thing is just very odd. And then there's the hearts, uh, which is, a, is another thing which is more recent, but go on, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what he's showing in this, and... Um, I, I just find it amazing because, you know, it, biblically, of course, you know, we've all heard there were giants in those days. I'm sure it was referring to humans, but it, it would make sense that the animals were also much larger. Back then, supposedly, we had a higher oxygen content, which would be conducive um, to things growing larger, uh, especially mammals, uh, and according to our science today. So it's just interesting. that, And not only that, when you really start looking at some of these so-called land features, some of them look so much like human features, human heads, uh, different creatures, uh, it's mind-boggling, and you don't even have to have an active imagination to see it. Um, but what Mike is doing, he's, he's actually crawling around in the cavities of these things and you know, finding like um, uh, iron deposits from blood and, yeah. and organs with different... That, uh, that's part of the big problem there because what you have is exactly how bone it's formed, you know, the kind of fractal nature of bone repeating itself, and also the how the blood is is distributed through the bone in capillaries that have different kinds of blood. So you have a darker kind of blood, and then a, a ferrous or um, iron-rich kind of blood, and all of that's there. The plasma crystallizing 
he found uh, the eyeball itself with the crystalline structure and Chris, uh, right there where, where the eye is. So, um, and with the hearts, what he's finding is that so many of these stones have the exact same features with the exact same holes that fit exactly the position of the arteries. And they, some, in some of them, he goes into it and they have, uh, when you break it as well, and inside the holes, they have structures that are very, very similar to to hearts that have been uh, petrified. So, ugh. and he's, he's just found so many of them. And then he asks, you know, what's, what are the odds? Yeah, and, and like I said, you know, the, the mud fossils guy, I forgot his name, but um, he actually had some of these things DNA tested. And they did have a DNA to them. And, you know, some of it was actually human, which is just over the top, unbelievable. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, well, so, maybe some kind of guys die there, you know. Well, there's a whole thing with why the heart would survive and not other things. He thinks other uh, organs survive as well, but the, the thing is like the hearts and organs are kept in this sack that protects them. And if the people are, are hit or these creatures are hit by a pyroclastic flow, it's a sort of lava, very hot mix with sand and water and this proper sort of... Um, you know, in these conditions, and he has a name for it, I forget, uh, you would be boiled and you'd be melted, but because the organs are protected inside, they would boil inside, and the heart's particularly um, fibrous, uh, and it, it could petrify also quickly, more quickly than, than we're told, because that's that's part of the, one of the things that are found through these kind of mud fossil research that people do, that you can petrify things uh, with different solutions much more quickly than what they make you believe. Um, so, yeah, absolutely true. But, you know, it's just something else that, that just adds to that preponderance of evidence that we have been lied to on such an epic scale right. that it's just mind boggling, you know? Yeah. Did you in guys check out? That... Uh... Oh, good. No, no, I mean, in the past, uh, things happened and really mysterious uh, in, in our modern eyes. But the guys who, you know, I, I don't believe that, uh, no, no, at that time, I don't want to compare uh, age, ages, um, ages. Mm. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, the, the humans uh, use, you know, real life events to create uh, stories and, and pictures and drawings and things like that. So <clears throat> I don't believe that, you know, we are just uh, in, in a linear way that this thing about that, like, okay, after Babylon, after... Uh, right, there's this progressive, like uh, one, one after the other getting better and better. And exactly. Better. Like, uh, right. I mean, wh where is the time where the, 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 the humans, uh, you know, uh, push each other from the heads? Uh, I mean, the, 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 the you know... Uh, uh, how can you say that okay. in, in English? Right, finally... Um, you know, the, the cavern... The cavern the, going the, out of the cave in a technology yeah. one, right? In technology, I mean, uh, you know, before Sumeria, before... Uh, the, where is the humanity? I mean, what right. we are... Prehistoric guys... You know, uh, well, the yelling one, of the... one each other, and suddenly, wow, the 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 modern, not the modern, the the, the buildings that we are not able to construct today, 
what is yeah. the the transition uh, in the mainstream history they have uh, at least in anthropology there is a um, you know black sort of hole i guess you could say in <laughs> in the knowledge that goes down to you know 45 they claim they claim 45,000 550,000 years ago when they start having these cave paintings and so people are living in during the so-called dark ages and there's no for them at least in the mainstream history no indication that there were civilizations around uh, whereas like many peoples are telling stories are more cyclical things get destroyed and rebuilt and so exactly. you can have many layers of these things but their story is really uh, sort of a sort of progressive story that goes from A to B and and and, and it grows. But um, what they also say and what we know is that the, the paintings that we have from 56,000 years ago, they claim from these caves that got uncovered, uh, are very modern, and it would be it would require humans with the same kind of capacity imagination that we have to to come up with those things. Very technically drawn. Uh, incredible uh, in France, some of them, right, that have been uh, documented. Um, so, you know, the, this idea, also the mathematics is one of the things I wanted to discuss as well, it, get Bob's opinion and you guys' opinion, that we are, you know, hip, supposedly hypnotized by these numbers, right? We get these 666 or whatever, 33 and whatever. You know, these are Arabic numbers. They're Arabic numbers and they're, you know, therefore arbitrary. And you know the Mayans had a different system. They don't use numbers. They don't write them the way we do. They wouldn't have. Uh, so how is it that at work those are symbols that became then linked to this notion of truth or some sort of reality that's part of their bamboozle or reducing everything to mathematical formula. But they happen to be just these arbitrary numbers from one culture that turn out to be useful for making some calculations, a language, literally. And uh, But then it is somehow given as a universal language, but it is really, a, we know the, the history of it as being, you know, a non-universal thing. And, you know, you should be taught as a child to come up with your own mathematical systems. You know, you want base 12, base 15, base whatever, you know. Why do you think in those terms? Why do we think in, in terms of 15 and 10 and 11s and so on? Yeah, they like to say it's because of our fingers. Right. But, but yeah. you know, we, we use multiple different numbering systems. Computers use binary, octal, right. hexadecimal. Uh, decimal, okay. uh, you know, the Mayans used a base 20 system, and, and, Quantum, oh, now, yeah, a quantum computer with the, <laughs> yeah, and also one other thing that, that, you know, I wanted to mention, and I know Ben's going to talk about this on Sunday, but, um, you know, we were all familiar with the, uh, NASA video, or the NASA picture of Earth that has sex written in the clouds, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, uh, if you turn that around, uh, sex becomes XES. And XES is 666 re written in Greek numerals. Nice. Well, isn't that interesting, wow. right? Interesting. Maybe that's what they were trying to say. Maybe they weren't trying to say sex, but they were trying to say XES 666 and put that right on the picture. Could yeah, it, 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 no, of course. Yeah. And, and also, for example, our not just number in terms of mathematical uh, you know, uh, calculation, but for example, in, in terms of the time, we use 60 minutes. 60 seconds and 24 hours, 2 plus mm -hmm. 4 is 6, 6, 6 2, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. and, and you have the name hour that refer to Horus. Horus. And exactly. But right. thanks, <laughs> and, and the phrase says, thanks God, thanks God, we live in a world without symbolism. <laughs> how, how pronounce la, uh, laico in, in Lycra, English? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, how is like it? Like uh, uh, secular. Secular. Thanks God, we live in a secular world. <laughs> that is the, <laughs> you know, the the idea. Mm-hmm. Bob, what's your opinion on on quantum computers? Do you think that that's on its way? And, and I don't know. I've read a lot of things that you know says if that's true, that cryptocurrency would be obsolete. Yeah, it would be because they would be literally be able to decode. No matter what the hash was, they would be able to decode it in almost no time at all. Yeah, you could but, basically you know, empty any wallet in. A, a nanosecond, really. Yeah, but, you know, and they say that these things are in existence, but the way that they are said to work, um, you know, borders on the twilight zone. Right. That's uh, the thing. <laughs> to be honest, they basically I, say they're reaching out into the ether and grabbing the end. It's like nonsense when you start oh, reading Oh, yeah, it. man. Have you read some yeah. of demons. You can invoke demons and you can yeah, do that. And into, and the, do into the realm of probabilities. Yeah, yeah. Saying? I mean, it literally is something like straight out of the Twilight Zone. And it's not like I don't believe <laughs> the ether exists because I absolutely do. In fact, that's one of the things we're going to be, you know, covering is some new information that. that so, wait, might... the, the quantum computer then assumes an ether? Well, they don't call of... it that. Yeah, it's not our. They call it a ether. quantum field. Let's put it Okay, there. exactly. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I mean, honestly, the way the way they say it works, I mean, it, it's so fast that it literally almost by bypasses time. Excuse me, and and looks into the future for possibilities. I mean, literally, <laughs> that's it's crazy. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, and this is my opinion, just because I am not an expert in this uh, in this field. Sorry, I, I believe someone is talking. No, no one's talking. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, but uh, I, I, I follow a guy, maybe you, you guys uh, know him, it's called Deep Thought Radio. Uh, it's a guy from, from California, I believe. It's a guy about 45 years old, thing like that. He's not a flat earther, but he's a really critical, uh, you know, when when games uh, in terms of the space, uh, SpaceX, uh, you know, moon landing, things like that. But it's a guy that it has really good information. Uh, he 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 made some podcasts. He has a YouTube channel. He mentioned us uh, a couple of times. But the thing is that uh, he has a, a a podcast talking about the quantum computer and it's really good information out there. But for me, the the and this is my opinion. And like I tell you before, I am not an expert in, in quantum computer. But the only quantum, if you want to to see in that concept, is our thought. You know, it's our processing uh, behavior, how we remember things, we bring things that are not inside in our head, that's for sure. Right? I mean, nobody it's, can it's kind of like your brain. And, Talbot's, and, you know. Talbot's uh, book, that one with the holographic universe kind of thing, yes. Randy, talking about, that's kind of how the quantum stuff comes across, it's kind of ghost in the machine, thought. Yes, kind of but idea. we are like a ghost in the machine because we have this kind of organs, they are fluffy and, and, and no mechanical parts, no mechanical in terms of, you know, what we understand as mechanical. They're trying to say, like, okay, the humans are biological robots or biological machines. No, I don't think we are machines right. at all. Yeah, that's know? a transhumanist so, no, ruse, right? trying to right? bring that concept yeah. to compare yeah, yeah. with it. Exactly. Yeah. So right. we really are, like, you know, quantum uh, if you want to see in that way, I don't share that terminology, but you, you, you try to understand what I'm saying. But in terms of computer, for me, it's that like they trying to create this concept 
to bring all this new age together, but you are still operating, uh, you know, with with uh, um, mechanical parts and and material parts. You are not bringing nothing so from the Cartesian from... Cartesian paradigm. The, the exactly. You know, the... I mean, they, I know that this quantum computer use the atom of phosphorus and and you know silicon and they trying to use that atom as a bit and the blah 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 and they trying to cool down because it use a lot of energy and blah blah okay but you are still creating from humans and you're still right? using our you know materials that i have been really created so <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. No, mm -hmm. I, I know that maybe... I, I think they, they may exaggerate many of their stories just for exactly. impact. Exactly. Uh, it's AI, it's new idea. AI, obviously we know that it's just corrupt algorithms and morons writing dumb code because they're, they're dirty and they're, you know, they're lying about people and coming after people. So, I mean, people who are, who are liars writing algorithms you know it's going to come across it's going to come after they, they're hurting themselves so what we know that the universe doesn't you know if you lie for so long it doesn't pan out on the long run you don't win that's why they have to consult that uh, jesuit priest guy you know to come up with a good story exactly <laughs> exactly, man. exactly i mean you still need energy you need to still plug that computer to our energy you know uh, grid but we as humans, we are not powering by nothing in terms of that kind of, you know, basic you technology. And the, we produce, you know, yeah, quite holographic things. Uh, don't, you, don't you think it's funny how, you know, how many rockets NASA burns like crazy? They're burning their engines and testing and these things like LIGO and uh, freaking CERN with their opening ceremony. You know, how much energy those things are sucking into their thing that has absolutely no application and people are you know having you know starve and have no bathrooms to you know and no food like how does that come together in 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 their their vision of science you know this is what i i because if you're you know science the idea is that you're doing the best for the what you want to make the world a better place but the, what we see is just really not <laughs> no, you know no. that it's no, in fact they they have this machine to produce water from our you know uh, I don't know which is the name in English but with our PS and nobody right. and nobody you don't use that in our world you need to go to right. space to get clean water for your pee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had a thing, like I mentioned the other day, they had this outdoor, some engineer created uh, uh, outdoor, looks like an outdoor, you know, those propaganda things like the flatter, big, you know, outdoor. And it literally just uses a simple, simple condensation system to collect water yes. from the air and it gives you free water. They yeah. got rid of that as soon as they could. Just getting, imagine getting free water from the air, drinkable water. Yeah. Oh my God, Jaron! I just read the title of what you're about to preview. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's real or not. David sent it to me, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" I'll bring it up because it's. Uh, oh my God! It's it's I, I never hear Bob laugh like okay, that. So it's from uh, the scienceandspace.com, and it's an article that says Uranus opens and closes every day to let out hot water. Oh yes. Wait, oh my God. wait till you see the picture. I see the picture. Yeah, I saw the picture. Come on. <laughs> 
Uh, but the, the rest of this website looks like it's supposed to be real. I don't know. This is selfie from top. It has of to be an onion story, kind of thing. Taking the scienceinspace.com. Oh my god. Oh boy. And this is, uh, I just saw this article from March 10th. Selfie from top of Everest destroys flatter theory once and for all. Let me guess. It'll be a, oh, look at that. What do you know? <laughs> I'm done, guys. The channel's going to be shut down. Uh, Iru, I don't know about you. I'm turning off my channel. And, just uh, complete yes, the ball, as Rob Skiba says, yeah. right? Complete that curve and see how big that world is and how big that guy is. That oh, world. man. People just don't understand lenses. This is what's happened. <laughs> Oh, man, this is crazy. I think for the most part, this website is supposed to be real. It looks like these wow. other articles are... Uh... you got to drop that link, Jordan. I hope it's pretty much... <laughs> <laughs> Why did they say it? What did they say there? I don't know. It says, The research by Jin Chow and Carol Patty from the Georgia Institute of Technology was published in the Journal of Geophysical Research. I don't know if it's supposed to be real. It says oh. that Uranus opens up once a day to let out gas. <laughs> Once a day, <laughs> open up. All right. I believe he's in the same path because oh, I, I, I believe it was yesterday the um, <laughs> uh, the chief commander of NASA, uh, this Brainstein, I don't, I, oh, man, I don't know which a, is the name. He's such a joke. Brightstein, yeah. Brightstein, yeah, he, yeah. He, he trying to bring back uh, Pluto as a planet. Oh, mm. that'll piss you, off NGT. Uh, you He's, he's doing fundraising, fundraising yeah, for Pluto. A, yeah, he's in a crusade uh, <laughs> to bring Pluto again uh, uh, as uh, as a planet. He's very worried, man. He can sleep at night. Oh, they're probably because... going to have a Pluto animation coming up soon to promote it. He goes to Pluto. Oh, do you remember that Pluto Nash thing? I just remember because it's one of the worst films of all time with Eddie Murphy. But it just came back to me because it was totally ignored because it had been you know, his biggest flop. And I just decided to take a back look, look back into it because it's a space theme, but it's completely ridiculous. But it must have something in it uh, worth, in terms of uh, these Easter eggs. But it just—it's called Pluto. It happens to be called Pluto Nash, right? I'm not sure no, you know I never, I never seen it. Never, no, never yeah, seen Ed, it. you know, but you know Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah, of course, oh, yeah. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, 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 yeah but yeah. Pluto. I wouldn't doubt that if it's a real article, but it, it's probably fake. So. You know, I think I think the mainstream just has fun with Pluto. I mean, you know, having Pluto the dog on it uh, <laughs> and, and, and and you know, stuff like that. And Uranus is the same thing, right? They're just <laughs> the jokes that come out of it. I mean, obviously, it's very pure all humor. But when you have supposedly legitimate science institutions making statements like this, it's like they are really just testing. They're testing. Yes. <laughs> See, or thinking. they are all following the course of Guy Consolmagno. Oh, and then you saw that Jen talks about in in his video, like the how they basically control academia to, through the mockingbird right uh, kind of approach. They have people that they, they throw in the media that they basically control, and they become directors, they get infiltrated. And in academia, it's the same thing, especially in astrophysics. They have their guys there pushing the particular papers that then get published because they have their own friends as peer reviewers. So no wonder they get published, and they push whatever theory they want. And then all you have to do is just have some uh, so-called ambitious graduate student and you say this is the problem of the moment you got to find out and you give him a bunch of money and they just write whatever you want it's kind of a dog 
just tell them, you know, this is a problem. Oh, you run after this. it. They're being trained, properly trained. It's I mean, any, is, anyone who do. This is an yeah. old article. I'm actually finding it everywhere else. It's in Newsweek. It's in Smithsonian Mag. These are from 2017. Uh, wow. Uranus opens and closes every day to let out solar wind. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Oh, they are goodness. laughing at us. Holy yes, yes, they are. Uh, they're just wow. testing to see how stupid and gullible people are. <laughs> and, and boy, are they getting their money's worth. Uranus opens and closes <laughs> every day to let out. To, oh, boy. Space oh, news. Yeah, it looks like. Imagine that. imagine oh, have boy. to teach that in class for, for, for people in, in school and then take it seriously. <laughs> I hope they don't teach that in school. Uh, there's a new, it just came out, kids. You know, Uranus opens once a day. <laughs> You're gonna love the smoke coming out of it. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. So dumb. So dumb. That is the definition of what you know, potty humor, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Fart jokes. You know, when they, you see when the when the movie is bad, when it only does that kind of thing, it's, it's like lack of creativity. Well, it's like they need to They can't yeah. help themselves. They just can't help them. They just have to right. put out this nonsense over and over again. Uh, did you guys see the video that? Uh, Mitchell from Australia did Why Objects Disappear Bottom Up. Yeah, it's great. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, mm -hmm. I could show that. And then, Iro, I also have, uh, I don't know if I have it ready. Yes, my, my, my note, uh, view it um, animation that your as a Patreon, pay for it. <laughs> thank you very much, yes. I yeah. got my money's worth. Um, yeah, and thank you to L Lumber. Uh, he came a Patreon of mine. So thank you, man, for, for the support. I really appreciate it. Yeah, because when we see this video, the first thing I was thinking, like everybody else does, is, ah, that camera seems like it could be below the, mm, the surface. Exactly, the table. Right. And, but then he proves that it's not. And from yeah. there, I, I don't know what else people need to see um, mm. so that they start recognizing what's going on in the world and mm -hmm. how so easily it would be changed to, oh, that's going over a curve. Hey, which is happens. essentially the information you covered with uh, Life is Short, right? But a much more extended version there. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, I mean, he did a, a great job. And, and uh, anytime you'd like to come back and, and explain that to people. But this is uh, really simple good to do simple. and yeah. elegant shows exactly what you uh, how, how it, it's hidden and it's not. Right? It's just the resolution. Is that the angular size? Angular resolution? Yeah. And the aperture on the camera, and and you know, zooming it in, and you know, picking it back up, and it kind of describes exactly. You know, there goes a boat over the edge. You can't see it anymore. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's a great video. I'll definitely have that in the show notes, so if people want to check it out, because you know, he shows you that he's got it perfectly lined up to where if he lays this coin down and zooms in, we can see it. So clearly, you have to know that the camera cannot be below the level mm -hmm. position of the table. It has to be exactly on it. And mm -hmm. that shows so much. And then what I was talking about with Eru, oops. And this is something that was part of my Amsterdam uh, presentation that I never got to. But this video here is something that Eru did for me because many people have heard uh, Nathan Oakley describe it. Uh, basically, if you have a brick, <laughs> because again, it comes down to things disappearing from the bottom up. And you know, Eru designed for me a what do you have? Basically, an atmospheric positioning and a geometric right yes yes because uh, you know along the way anytime that i saw you know guys that bring 3d software to trying to support the heliocentric model uh, in terms of the long distance observation 
they never produce the atmosphere layer. So right. they just operated in the geometrical, perfect uh, vacuum holographic uh, world. So they they only uh, process the perspective in terms of how the camera uh, is working in the 3D software, but they never bring this atmospheric layer. So if mm, you don't yeah. simulate the atmospheric layer, you're never going to match the observation yeah. in reality. Yeah, you get uh, that fake orthographic view, right? Exactly, uh, exactly. At the very yeah. beginning of Flat Earth, one of those first people that tried to debunk it, they were saying, you know, the sun was high and it would never set nowhere. Like, that's that's kind of what they're still running with until uh, yes. now, some people. Yes, and, and I made a lot of simulation uh, for explaining the... the mm -hmm. Uh, observational along the sun, why it's appeared to go yeah. down, and I presented in 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 the first Flutter International Conference in North Carolina, and then in in, in we we need to do that England. again. We need to do that again because I get a lot of people that ask. Oh, for I it. really love it, man. I I oh. really love is that the, the one that you have the kind topic. of you've got the one with the dome atmosphere and we move the sun around. Yes. Yeah, see a lot of people have and asked I and I made new that. ones and I made new yeah, ones. that's that's uh, the one I showed in Amsterdam. If you guys remember, just a little bit because it right. was uh, we we have a long conversation that he showed me went through that. So. Yeah, but I get a lot of it's people asking me where, which Globebusters that was on, or which video of mine right. it was on, and then I go looking and I can never find. Uh, you want to no, do it? No, no. You want to do, do it this Sunday? You should do one that's focused on it. Yeah, know, like, yeah. Of course. Uh, what well, Globbuster? It has that kind of concept about Las Vegas. What is happening in Globbuster? It just yeah, nobody can find it anymore. <laughs> no, I know that's, it's kind of hard. I can never find when I have to go look at old shows. I'm like, holy smokes! Seven day through thinker. That <laughs> is the only guy that can found our topic. He's the only one. Know, our conversation. Yeah. Other than that, I'm like, He's These the... jackasses are talking for three and a half hours. How am I supposed to find it? And then I realize it's us. And no. um, yeah, okay. yeah, so, so we'll do that on Sunday then for sure, guys. We'll have you present that because that is good. good. That, that is, is good. really good. Yeah, so here he yeah, made it, a brick, and you know, Iro, you can tell people about what you're doing here, but basically then you put a human so we can see uh, from this first person's per perspective uh, a brick, basically a brick size. He puts the camera level with the ground. You can go ahead from there if you want. Yes, I try to to remember, and I and I um, I remember that I make it a little long because I never I never knew knew like this was for the the the, the conference, and you need a short version. But it's what I what I idea. basically uh, did was like um, I, I put a camera uh, onto a ground uh, level. Uh, I create uh, one block brick, uh, and then I uh, I put in a, in what is called a cloner, just for creating a, like an array of bricks. And what you said, what what I what uh, you are looking there is just me setting up this uh, brick wall. But in uh, geometrical ideal uh, world. I am not processing any kind of uh, atmospheric distortion or compensation, nothing like that. Just setting up that brick wall. Because I'm working in this um, uh, viewport uh, standard visualization, uh, what you see is what you get, because you are not processing anything you know, in terms of refraction. So there's no lens. Uh, there's no lens as well, right? Being simulated. It's not lens simulated. It's all. It's uh, exactly. It's no lens simulated. It's just a perspective simulated, because mm -hmm. you are working. I am working in the perspective viewport because if I work in autographic view, it's just uh, a complete. Uh, you don't have parallax. You don't have uh, depth. Mm -hmm. You don't have nothing. You you just work in autographic view. 
so that it's not ideal to to you know move around this uh, 3D world. So I created and I'm start rendering right there without any atmospheric uh, conditions. So what you see is what you get uh, in terms of the viewport and 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 the camera. So then I plug or I put this atmospheric personal dome, which is something that you can you know observe in reality. And I apply uh, a material, a glass material, with a little, really tiny index of refraction, uh, you know, just to compensate what we see in, in real life. The thing is that we're never going to simulate in terms of plug-in plug numbers, putting numbers in computer as we are in real life. So you need to just exaggerate uh, the numbers, because if not, you, you need to create, like, I don't know, 20 kilometers uh, a scenario, and you are not going to process that, and you are not going to render that, okay? So you're trying to exaggerate what you're going to find in terms of um, real scale, just in a small space, because you, you are running out of memory if you're trying to do in, in super real life uh, a scale. But when I look in there, I put a comparison side by side. So. The, the side of the right is without the refraction uh, compensation, and the one of the left is with the refraction compensation. So if you apply real-world scenarios behavior, you're going to lose your object, not because there is a, a curve, but because you, you're going to con, you know, compress the image via on, of the angle of attack and you know, all these things that we heard before in so many uh, YouTube channel like, like the um, I, I forget debates. the name of uh, um, the debates. The guy, the guy, yeah, flatter debate exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. Nation Oakland, uh, Oakley. So there you have, for example, uh, refraction plus geometry. You immediately start to see how the brick walls start to disappear in comparison with uh, only geometry, which we not live in the world with only geometry. We have air, we have light behave through a it's, medium. It's one of the things that those guys, oh. they claim they're scientists, like the astrophysics against uh, Kelly. Uh, and, and they say, you know, I should be seeing, they, they always say that I should be seeing New York or London for New York or Paris or whatever, right? The, the Eiffel yeah, Tower. That is it's the always just ignoring. It's basic. I know. Ever heard. It's the most stupid I know, thing. but how do they You're do like that all the time after the, the guys use the it. example as uh, why I can, you, you know, see from New York to Spain. Because of all, Portugal is first. <laughs> right. So that yeah. is was by my, my answer. You know, if Number I one. there, if right. I be there, I, I, I slap in the head yeah. and say, because Portugal <laughs> is first, you're going to see Portugal. Right. Because you don't need to lose time with that, guys. You know, I mean. No, I know. But even they, what, what strikes me is that some people... They propose themselves to come out and debate others, and that's what they bring to the table. And they call themselves scientists, and they talk about evidence and stuff. So this is what I'm saying: it's a, it, it's pathetic in a level. It's kind of sad in another level. It's a kind of thing inspires some sort of pity because it's been five years, guys. You know, come up with something a little better at least. Come on, you know, they no, move the, the globe same. most. They can't. But right. They can't. It's they the can't, same arguments yeah, all yeah. the time. It's they the can't. same top 10 reasons we know that the Earth's a globe that they've been using 
forever and none of them actually work out but yeah what we're showing here is if you just picture here the only geometry even with the only geometry it eventually disappears so even if it's just geometry and there's no pretend that there's no atmosphere between us and the you know uh, or the east coast of the united states and, and europe if there was no atmosphere well everything would eventually be too small to see Immediately, I mean, I, I don't even know how many miles it would take—a thousand miles. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny because everybody knows that eagles have better eyes and stuff. We know these things, right? It's kind of we can't resolve these and, uh, right. businesses. No. And uh, yeah, and, and, and when maybe, you add your refraction, let me just clarify. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I just clarify because uh, I don't know if in this video I I I um I created uh, the this the, the you know the sorry for the noise uh, from the street. Uh, I don't know if in this video I create the you know the the bottom from from bottom to the top. Right now it's disappearing; it's compressed top to bottom. But that is because the way uh, you you need to and you you need to compare with real life a scenario where in the ground uh, to the ground because the angle of attack is more narrow and you also have uh, more you know. Um, not warm, but uh, it's like how how the light behave at that, you know, narrow angles. Right. You're gonna no, have you did show that's, that's kind of the, right. the point was that we started with one yeah. brick, and if anybody can imagine being, remember, this is a completely flat plane. There's no curve here, even though a glober would see this and say this is curved. But it's completely flat. It's completely level. And if we put one brick there, and we continue to move it back away from us, well, eventually that brick would be too small to see. And if you then lined up 10 bricks in a row and started pulling those away, eventually those bricks would be uh, too far away and too small to see. And then also they're getting, you know, the reduced angle because they're against that ground. They're against yeah. the plane. And, no, and, and if I change or I add more layers of refraction, it's going to disappear, not right. just from the, uh, bottom from top, but it's all it's going to compress. Right. It's going to compress top from bottom and bottom from top. It's much more so you're gonna have this squish image that you start losing uh, the angular resolution in terms of this zero you can, angle. You can see that in any boat going out to the ocean, which is incredible. Because if there was somewhere that was like water that was flat, you'd see it even better. Because water has got all the, you know, the dirty air right above it, and things kind of go into that mirage layer. But you can mm -hmm. see it with the boats that everything in the distance is just a compressed image of the same thing. Completely. Yeah. No, oh, and 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 uh, you can simulate it. Even the, the horizon yeah. goes lower, right? Uh, it appears to be lower because of the the way the distortion happens at that compression zone uh, at the horizon, right? Yes. Sure. Could be. Yeah. I mean, to me, the horizon is a you know, it's it's an apparent position anyway. Mm. Of course, they want to tell you it's the leading edge of a sphere, but. Uh, okay. It's just the conceptual idea or a apparent position of where the sky meets the ground. And the effects of yeah, the atmosphere, kind of like that, that um, time lapse that they show of that bay, that is the conditions are changing throughout the day and, and things are getting distorted in the distance. They're, they're growing, they're, they're shrinking right, yes. throughout the day. Uh, so, I mean, that proves just what you're saying, Jaren, that it's always uh, something else that, that you're actually seeing. I mean, I guess you can be sure only about the things that are very close to you, but as, as soon as they start getting far in the distance, uh, you know, I've seen things in the distance that I that I was just walking uh, a long time, and I, could, I thought it was one thing, and it, it turned out to be something completely different, right? 
just how that distortion happens at the horizon. You can see that all the time. Yeah, of course you. I mean, nobody repaired it on that before it became a flat earther or a heliocentric, uh, uh, you know, guy which need to defend the position. Of, but um, we experience that all the time. Uh, you know, the, the first thing when I start looking into refraction is that uh, mirage behavior on the on when when you are you know driving your car and see this water effects in the street and you know produced by the heat and but you're never trying to link that to a flat earth or, or to a curved horizon you know because you never experience you never question that uh, never ever yeah i remember i mentioned that before when going to the grand canyon and and just on the way there from going from arizona to north and that they say as well that you can see the rim the other side in utah there's one point, this particularly high point, that you, you can see so far. And I remember for me, I never forgot when I first saw it, I was like, whoa, wait, this is just way too far. And so I wonder if people go back there. I wonder what's the, what's the, the size of the gap between Utah and Arizona there. Because, it, you know, they tell you, you can see the rim on the other side, right? And that should be hidden by the curvature as well. But you never think in that terms. No, I mean, no, you, you're no. never trying to compare I, how, I guess how much is... you, you need to see and uh, how is it going to be the curve and blah, blah, blah. You never... Yeah, no, no, before no, no. Before this topic, you never... But you know what? To... Like, it's kind of like that thing that Jaren said that, that some people came after him for saying that he said, you know, everybody's a flat earther but, but doesn't know about it. You know, it's kind of exactly. like... It's like you, you have this intuitive sense, you know, and I, it, and I try to come back to those moments and, and you know, think, you know, what was I thinking when I was looking at all this stuff? And because in Utah, I get a lot of that in Salt Lake. You can see too far from Salt Lake City, looking south from the high hills. Um, in Canyonlands and the Arches National Park, when you go to the a place called the Delicate Arch, which is this really strange place, you should take a look. Uh, it, you know, the, the, how far you can see from those places. And I, and I just wonder, you know, you know I was like, like you're saying, it's right around you, all around you. And how is it that you don't notice? It's like the, it's like, it's almost like it's hidden in that formula of the force in Star Wars. It's all around you, you know, it's always there. And it's, it's not gravity. It's not the force is that you're on a plane. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You're crazy. Hey, uh, I wanted to uh, give a shout out to Zoom Truth. Um, a lot of people don't know about his uh, people finder. Uh, app that he has recently redone and he asked us to kind of you know shout that out and let people know that apparently they redid it and I guess they didn't get all the people transferred over or were, were unable to or something like that so um, he is asking that uh, if you are interested in finding other flat earthers in your area um, to go over to the people finder and mods um, I don't know where that address is so if you guys could find it and kind of spam it in the chat that would be appreciated uh, but uh, yeah, he's got, he's got, uh, I think over a thousand people in it now. And uh, yeah, if we can just uh, start adding to it and give it a little bit of a plug and get it passed around, then we can get more people uh, networking in Flat Earth. Is that at ZoomTruth.com? Uh, I, I honestly, I, I think so, but I'm not okay, sure. Maybe so, yeah. you could bring it up. Yeah, I have it up here. I don't think I have an account, or I did have an account, but I don't see it showing up on my last pass, which means <clears throat> I don't have the password anymore. So ah, that's what happens well, there when you have LastPass. <laughs> <laughs> if you have LastPass and it says you don't have a password, there's not much you can do. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, this is where you can create an account. So I'll check that out after the show and get myself registered. So, yeah, go to zoomtruth.com, and that is the Flat Earth People Finder. So very yeah, cool. and that is it's a nice idea, really. Uh, yeah, Scuba Dracula is spamming it in the chat. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, guys, uh, I need to uh, left the show. Uh, leave the show, sorry. What? Because you didn't ask for permission to, for that. I, I, I need to leave. <laughs> leave? It's, it's a good word. Leave. Right? Leave. Leave? Leave. I need to leave. Okay, I need to go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Make it easy. No, I need to go because I have a like a party in my, uh, my job. So right. uh, I'm going to be, you know, eating something, drinking something. That's right. We're and, already, uh, I didn't even see. We're almost at three hours now. Fast. Is it? Yeah. Could be. Uh, yeah. Oh, good. It's easily. 2.45. Easily. Yeah, yeah. Didn't We're talking yeah, and we I, can't shut up. I know. Exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's good. Uh, Eric, you can go ahead and go, but do you have any final words for anybody? Tell them where they can find you, all that stuff. Uh, yes. Uh you know, www or 666. Uh, because that is, the, you know, that in Shematria, that is the, the number of the, of the letter. That nurparatodos.com.ar, that is my official webpage. But if you can support me in, on Patreon, uh, I have my Patreon account, uh, Patreon slash nurparatodos. And also my PayPal is the, the same if you want to support me via PayPal. And the rest uh, with the same name in my YouTube channel, you can find me there. And I believe uh, I'm going to open, maybe tomorrow I'm going to reopen my English channel. I'm going to call just NPT for the abbreviation of Nur Para Todos and start doing things in English because I really enjoy, uh, you know, practice my English and, and present it. The same thing that I research in in Spanish, um, you know, in the Spanish. And you're doing to, really to, good to too, Eric, with your English. I mean, you've gotten a lot better since you know you first came on uh, Globusters. Thank you. I think so. Nearly two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed uh, a little bit that, and and I also received the comment, and I'm trying to get better because I know that I maybe sounds a little strange for you know just uh, English regular people, but. I'm trying to get better. I think you can understand. Learning a language is not easy. I think it's all because I think you can understand everything you say. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And and I and I hope one day you can understand my Spanish, so I can invite you to my Spanish. I I watch a lot of Yudu's material in Spanish because yeah, he's he's just pulling stuff out all the time. is is interesting. He can go much faster in Spanish too. We're getting him. A little bit slow down here because he's having to translate stuff. The Spanish community called me machine gun. But, uh, it's a little exaggerated for me. But thank you guys for having me on. Right, Anytime. Uh, and uh, well, we see you on Sunday, right? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Okay, perfect. Guys, hell, and goodbye, everyone on the chat. I see David is there. So. Uh, Thank you so much, and see you on Sunday. Sounds good. All right. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was Iru Landucci. So, uh, yeah, we can kind of wrap it up. I think it was a good first show. We'll see how people like it. And if uh, people do, well, then we will continue doing it on Fridays. I think Friday works well. It's a day where we can all uh, – my wife works Fridays, so I'm available. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I think Rodrigo can do it. And remember, we're all different times here, so it's noon for me. It's you know, what time is it now? Almost midnight for you. Yeah, it's almost midnight. Okay, so that's not uh, there's there's also a bunch of other ideas as well that we could run across. Like I told you of like a sort of thing I was organizing to some themes that I think could be developed and and whatnot. I have all of that. So trying to get you know even if you don't have so much of a direction next time we do it we can still steer it a little bit so i, I you know share with you some of that material and bob as well just some of those ideas and, and you or anybody who, who is interested in it to see uh, you know what it is what are these themes uh i mean it's kind of vague what i'm saying now right <laughs> no it's okay i mean this is this is kind of the point of this is it's going to be a little mm -hmm. bit uh you know playing it by ear uh, i still think globusters is the show to watch i love how bob as a subject and how he presents it and how we can all comment on it. I think uh, a lot to be learned from Globuster shows and then, you know, my live streams. But I think this is just fun to have a group and have some chats and some laughs and to listen to Eero get pissed off at the Jesuits. Yeah, that's right. And doing and doing this bridge, right? You guys work in Brazil as well, which is something that a lot's going on there. Yeah. Uh, and in the Spanish world, yeah. And we we and they are very interested in what's coming out here. They have questions that sometimes uh, different people have answered. So, you know, getting the information across uh, is is something I'm trying to do. And and I was gonna show Bob as well and you guys later. There was that channel that I that I posted in, on top of um, Stellium, that guy called Ciência de Verdade, right? Science mm -hmm. of Truth. And this guy's been around, Bob, for a year, putting Flat Earth video. Uh, no, not Flat Earth videos. He started out doing something else, talk about research. He was a prof he's a geophysicist or in, in seismology, and he was a professor in the USP, the University of Sao Paulo, which is the best one in Sao Paulo at some point. And you can see the guy in one year, he, he now has 300,000 subscribers and is basically, you know, essentially humiliating Globers, but in a way that he just does it with the data. He does it in a way that's like he's teaching in class. Um, and it's interesting what I, what I was going to show. I was probably going to cover it in one of my streams because it's quite easy. Uh, that he's been characterized as just a flat earther YouTuber by people that attack him who don't have any degrees in the sciences or anything. They work at AI and they give themselves like these grand sounding titles and they own a blog or something. And they try to come after him and he just basically gets their math, just lays it out there, analyzes everything and just rips it through. And now he's got yeah, 300,000 subscribers in Brazil. And it's, wow. he didn't go to, he was the first person who was invited, one of the first people who were invited for the Flat Earth Conference but in, in Sao Paulo, but he stepped out. He says, well, he's kind of like, I guess, he wants to stay just by himself. He doesn't want to get involved with other people. So he has that kind of, he's a little bit isolated in that way that he doesn't want it. But nothing like Eric Dubay that coming after people. He doesn't do that. He just deals with the information. And I was surprised to, to, to yeah, I was just like, wow, you know, that, not surprised. We know, you know, that is so a lot of some of these science types are going to say, yeah, nobody with a PhD in the sciences would ever look into the flat earth, you know, yeah, like the, the people that you know, into, uh, had a so-called debate against, they like, no science could possibly work unless it's a ball. They had this in their mind. Yeah, they totally thought, you know, the whole thing at the, it's, they've been programmed to, to think that without the ball, nothing could possibly happen. Because gravity is the god, right? It's kind of what Edward showed tonight. 
But, you know, there you have it. You have these asteroids. And he says that he's been contacted also by uh, uh, aerial spatial engineer who's a flat earther as well. And he's like, yeah, they don't want to talk about that. So wow. it's, uh, it's a turnaround. It's that's like the guy so on tinfoil, tinfoil hat that was yelling at Dave that we have cell phones. How could <laughs> yeah, the earth be flat? Like, we have cell phones. Yeah, I was, I was watching that. I was yeah. telling Dave, it's like, oh, God, you know, how easy is it getting? It's like, you know exactly what they're going to say. It's been responded. Can I come up with anything new? Because the basis of the reality is science fiction, which is all made up. So how can they actually come up with anything concrete? <laughs> so it's it's becoming more and more hilarious uh, to the point where I really think that the idea I had years ago of the Space Spark animated series with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Brian Cox and Don Pettit as little characters doing stupid stuff, you know, should something that should be something someone should come up with. Wow, that sounds brilliant. Either, <laughs> either here or in Brazil, because I'm coming up with these scripts in my head. You know, I have these scenes already of the uh, of us. Uh, astronaut freaking out you know the freaking it's kind of when you catch them in in a in a kind of glitch and they start going glitchy like blah, 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 and they go into this kind of you know double speak kind of blah, and you have to kind of put them in an institution and treat them like they're you know kind of like those people that are kind of the vegetables that they're just kind of drool and all they say like space space i'm going you know like that kind of stuff i don't know because it's, it's just it's, it's it inspires comic in me to see this stuff. I think it's funny. I don't think there's <laughs> any way, other way to look at it. Some of it's funny. And you have to have humor or else you're just going to uh, yeah. waste away and be miserable. Are you going to go on that kind of spirals of anger and, and that's not going to lead yeah. anywhere because people are not going to really listen to you if you're in a state, I think. Uh, even though I, you know, when I see people like Owen Benjamin, it, it, it does have something else going on there. But it's, it, you know, ultimately, you know, you want to balance your Owen Benjamin with your Ben, you know. Right. You and, have to have a little bit of both. <laughs> I totally yeah. agree. No, and I like what Owen's been saying lately, you know, about being a, a, a preacher or not being a preacher. Because I don't, I, you know, that's not my goal and never was, was to be a flat earth preacher. And, you know, you know, Bob can remember when I first started making videos. Uh, it wasn't being a flat earth preacher. I never wanted to be, you know, and that's not what I consider myself. And, and I don't want anybody to consider me that because I mm -hmm. really don't care if people want to have that belief. I think it's incredible information. I think it's very eye-opening and enlightening to many people. I think that many people have changed their lives because of it. Many people yeah. have become better people because of it. And I think that's great. And everybody should have the opportunity to hear the information and decide for themselves and if people ultimately hear the information and say, no, that's ridiculous, I want to believe uh, these men, then, then that's fine, you know? Because basically that's only what it comes down to is always, the belief system. Always say that. If you're always saying this and that, and, you know, the way I see it is that you're asking questions and trying to find answers, right? It seemed to be, from the beginning, that was my, you know, I, I didn't see you as preaching anything. I no. thought that you were just looking into things and like, oh, let's ask NASA now. Let's look into this. Let's look into sure. Antarctica. Da, 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 and just following the trails. Well, it's because these are my beliefs, and this is what I believe. And if, if I start to notice that people who have this same belief are better people and have changed their lives because of it and have become better people, then it's hard to refute that. And really, I look at the other side, and I just realize they also have a belief system. Now, they've set theirs up for hundreds of years. You know, we haven't had the, the smartest of all scientists and mathematicians to draw out a flat earth that can be 
measured and, and mathematically shown, we, we haven't had that time. And, and if people expect that from us uh, right. in four years, yeah, that's, that's a stupid. That's uh, another thing that they do. Oh, yeah, we see. Right. And again, I mean, a lot of this stuff, you know, the cycles of eclipses and things like that came from the Soros cycle before the heliocentric system anyway. Yeah, right, people, yeah. people will believe that the heliocentric system is uh, responsible for everything that we have. And again, I'm just trying to point to them. And yeah, it's hilarious because all the, the, these ancient peoples, like the Vedic people, they have completely different thing. It really is not uh, heliocentric at all. It's very clear. Uh, they could tell eclipses. They talked about it. They explained how they, they thought it was happening. And uh, the Chinese as well. They don't have a ball. Nobody has the ball. Yeah. And they say that the Greeks, that's one of the things they say, the Greeks, like that console Mayan was saying, you know, they, they knew about the ball for so long. Everybody just accepted it. But where's the Greek ball? Right. Why, Mother is there, of the world. why is there, there no is why is there no globe before 1492? Right. It doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, it, it's it's so ridiculous when you get back there and you start looking at this Aristophanes prove the size of the globe. Everywhere right. I read Christopher Columbus, and I, you know, I know that they love to say that it's just a story and that everything about Columbus has been changed to make it seem like he was proving. No, I mean he was trying to prove that you could go west and reach the Indies. Well, if, if if everyone knew the Earth was a globe for 1,700 years before that, believe me, it wouldn't be a question of whether or not you could go west yeah, and reach right. the that's, that's pretty big problem in their right. in their script, isn't it? Well, their script just changes constantly. Yeah, and it just doesn't make any sense so that nobody would have traveled. I mean, if you knew the Earth was a ball and you knew its size, then of course nobody, everybody knew you couldn't fall off of it, and anybody knew right. that you could sail in any direction and come back to where you started. So it wouldn't have taken them. 1700 years and basically begging uh you know and trying to get funding for this and ultimately they sent him just because they said hey if you find any new okay. lands we'll, you know we'll take credit for them plant our flag uh, i mean that that is just so embarrassing you know it's just it's embarrassing. so embarrassing that there there are these contradictions just like that you know these guys coming out and pro proclaiming the greeks already knew it for so long it's right. a ball and then they tell the say so yeah columbus is trying to prove it's a ball so right. wait, didn't they already know this stuff? It's like, oh, and then huh? I've heard him say that you know, right Columbus Columbus thought that the ball was significantly smaller. Well, why would he think that? He could just do the same experiment that Aristophanes did seventeen hundred years before. It'd be easy for them to do at that time. They could have done the experiment easily and figured out the size of All the right. earth. But no, they actually had to sail to figure it out. Just what they, it doesn't really match the, the story that they tell. And then you go look into Captain Cook. You know how far south did he go? And where is he going? And you see that he cannot get, doesn't really get much farther than 60 degrees south. And then I lived 60 degrees north. No? There's people there. There's people farther north in Iceland. Oh, uh, and it, it, the climate's absolutely nothing like 60 degrees south. And then you get people, and the very first thing that they say, it's kind of like the David had uh, the, in the tinfoil hat. It's like, yeah, well, what, so what about Caesars? You know, uh, it's... It's always like that. Like, so what about the season? Like they, they think that it really works on a globe. <laughs> it's like, what? I know. The seasons don't work so on a flat earth. It's like, are you kidding yourself? <laughs> it's that like, that only tells me that you haven't looked into it. <clears throat> you yeah. Know? Uh, at least some people will try and you know, give us the refraction, standard looming, non-standard refraction. You know, At least some people are trying to go that direction. But the people who just continue to sit on that line... Or I'll still get people that'll email me and say, but water goes down the opposite direction in toilets in the southern hemisphere. Right. So you know, it's like, okay, well, you haven't Absurd. done any research at all. Yeah, but this, this is what I'm thinking. You know, after a while, they, they're still seeing this. 
what does that show? You know, just well, that's know, the it's, people it's you can't talk to. You flux can't... of these people. Sorry, sorry. I'm just saying those are the people that you can't you can't really talk to anymore. I'm not trying to reach those people because those people right. are set <clears throat> in their ways. That's what I learned a long time ago about. You know, I used to do a hangout with uh, Red's Rhetoric or with you know one of these other guys, and I would th I would think in the back of my head like, okay, these guys are really looking, and maybe they'll hear. But then you realize real quickly that it doesn't matter what evidence you could possibly dream of; uh, they've already got an answer, and it, it, the answer has been th put there on purpose. You know, I mean, believe me, the the constructors of the heliocentric system—I uh, don't know if it was Nathan or somebody—I heard saying it the other day. But you know, when you think of the blimp video that you know Dearth has. Um, of course, they already know about that, and I forgot there's a name for it, whether it's the sway. Do you know what it's called, Bob? You know how the shuttle kind of sways before it takes off, kind of lifts yeah. and bounces? Right. Yeah, but, but I, I'm not sure, but you and I talked about that, what, years ago? Absolutely. About, you know, it was likely uh, helium because that's the only thing that would really supply enough vertical stability for that thing to not just drop over. Right. But what I'm saying is you got to point that out to people, and then you just have to let it go. What you know is going to follow those conversations is people who can come along and explain the anomalies. Oh, no, the reason it sways is because of this. Well, of course they know that. They've already, NASA has already watched their cinematography. They know exactly what is wrong with it. And so they have to come up with answers for it. That stuff's already been done ahead of time. So basically we're building our own straw man by saying, hey, look at this. This is a blimp. And then twang. Thank you very much, David. It's called the twang. The shuttle has a twang. But that just simply means that they've already looked at that. They've already seen that. They've already noticed that that's part of the problem of having a helium blimp that goes up, you know, that you're going to have that little twang. And so you have to have uh, these guys come and explain it so that when people like me or David or Bob comes along and says that, that it can be easily refuted. And that's what we're dealing with a lot of times is that... Yeah, typical say, damage control in their game. Absolutely. They keep try to keep track of the stories they tell, and then they try to patch the holes. Right, but it doesn't mean that that makes it real. Right, and this is where the, <laughs> it makes it fake, right? Right, this is where those guys, you know, have a no, problem. Them, is that if we say there's doing a problem, that tells me that we're over the mark on it, though. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, oh, yeah, yeah. And so that's what I mean. It comes down to people who, and I'm certainly, I always say, don't trust me, uh, you know. But those people are choosing to trust others, which is, you know, their prerogative. I, I can't tell you who to trust and who not to trust. I can just tell you who I trust and who I don't trust. Well, one thing I've been wondering about, I, I don't know if it's total non sequitur, if it makes any sense or, or doesn't, because I mean, if they try to hide that there's helium or something like this, and that they, they're playing with helium and some other things. And, and, I, and I was just, this week I was just thinking about helium and how, you know, for people who had an injury, for instance, in their legs, you know, why don't you have, you know, why is, or is there uh, like a helium backpack or some kind of thing that takes off some weight? You know why? Why don't why don't we have a whole series of helium-based, you know, counterweight technology? I don't know. You know why not? If they can get all that helium to do whatever they want with it, you know why can it? it, it I, I don't understand because you know if I were somebody making things, obviously I would experiment with helium and, and electromagnetism. Because and you could probably it, take that helium ship and fly south. And keep well, I can out. I can get a backpack of helium that I can just run and do some crazy jumping. It'll be cool, you know. At least. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But why isn't it? Is that would that uh, Bob? That would be possible, right? Physically speaking, something like that. It would. It would be. But I was just trying to think of the dynamics of helium in space. I don't know how effective it would be. You know, th assuming space exists, which of course we don't believe that it does. But you know, I, I don't know. 
No, I mean, even for us, I mean, for us, if I want some sort of, if I come up with some contraption that traps helium that I can wear, would that work? Because people uh, have flown with balloons. I saw a guy flying on a on a little kind of lightweight it, kind of thing on a, it, a bunch of helium balloons. You would have to have a whole lot of helium, let's put it that way. Yeah, you could get it to work. It's just like if you blow up enough party balloons and attach it to something, you know, eventually it's going to have enough buoyancy. It's going to lift you up. But, you know, the question is, is how much mass is that, you know, how much are you going to actually have to have? Uh, and that's going to be a lot. <laughs> to actually hold it, you mean? Right. 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 So there you have it. All right. So, Rodrigo, you're in for next Friday? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe I should I should bring some, a few things to show. Sure. Yeah. Um, at offices. Uh, yeah, of course. It would be a pleasure. Like, right. like tonight. Thank you, you so much for having me, Jerry. No, I appreciate you. And Bob. And Bob, you're, you are always welcome. Open invitation. All right. Awesome. Well, you know, sometimes I have to work on Fridays and sometimes not. But if I'm available, I'll certainly join. Okay, yeah, sounds great. Uh, yeah, for me, you know, Tuesdays and Saturdays, uh, I have stuff I do with, you know, books and auctions. So those days don't work too well for me. You usually won't see me doing much on Tuesdays or Saturdays. And then uh, Sunday we've got Globusters. Monday I've got Raw. Um, and like I said, Friday, this has been working so that gives Friday as a day that's pretty open for me. So until things change, yeah, expect us back for Friday Lounge number two next week. Um, you know, same guys. So thank you guys so much for joining us. If you want to support the show, you can do so by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash jaronism. Or if you want to support Globusters, they've got a a PayPal account, I think, paypal.me yep. slash Globusters. Globusters, oh, yep, that's, that's it. Awesome. And uh, yeah, yeah and, and me too. I have a little go, Rodrigo, Patreon. Account. I have one Patreon. Uh, th thank you, George. He knows who he is. And uh, it is patreon.com slash anthropology. And I, I'll try to, I, I simplified it very much uh, recently. I'll try to have some, some, you know, lower tiers if people like to contribute. Some people are just happy to, to contribute. And it does make a difference, I think, uh, even if it's just symbolic. Because it's, you know, and for me, I don't know, this guy, George, for instance, you know, and you guys, I know you guys have been through this and you got a lot of people that, that transformed through the information, but it's really nice to see that, uh, you know, he's speaking and people are listening and that they, it, it makes a difference. Oh, I totally Absolutely. agree. It's one of the, one of the biggest reasons we're here, believe me. All right. Uh, so, yeah. uh, guys, one, one last thing I want to say before we leave, Jaron. Yeah. Um, uh, the party will continue uh, next on Iron Realm Media. They are online right now, and I have been spamming their link. Uh, there, so go on over after this show, and uh, take a listen to um, Zach, Adam, Josh, uh, John, and Walt, and show them some love. And uh, uh, you know they have an interesting topic that they're going to be talking about today. Something to do with gyroscopes. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. awesome. So yeah, follow the link there, guys, and appreciate you joining us. And that's it. So we'll see you uh, over there and then Sunday for Globusters. Uh, appreciate you guys being here. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Let us know in the comments if you want to see more like it. But other than that, I remind you guys to do your own research because when you do, uh, you'll never again believe what you've been taught. Till next time, guys, this has been Jaronism. Peace. Peace. Peace.
right, I'm back again. It's Jaronism. Uh, thank you guys for hanging around for the outro, if that's what you were doing. But I did get a couple other super chats that I didn't mention. One from the Son of God says, want to stop the nonsense, a drone in a basement. Huh? And also the one Son of God said, or gave us another Canadian dollar seventy-two. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Back to the outro. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>